Hello, everybody. This is the Stronghold Podcast. I don't know what number it is anymore, and I'm here with Major Overall again. Yeah. What's up, dude? Yeah. What's up, man? Wugan, can you hear him talking in the mic? Make sure you talk right into that thing, dude. Okay, cool. What's up, man? How you been? It's been ages. Yeah, good, man. Good. We're already drinking, guys. We're already drinking. What else Wugong is, there to is do? drinking? Yeah. As soon as Wugong walked in the gym, like a gentleman, I offered him whiskey, and like a gentleman, he accepted. And then now here we are. We're already on beer number three. I've already peed two or three times in the last five minutes. You've got the weakest bladder, bro. Dude, I know. It haunts me all the time. It's one of the reasons why I don't drink sometimes. If, I, if it wasn't for that, I would just drink all the time. Yeah. But it's so frustrating at night, like when you've been drinking, to just have to go pee every 30 seconds. Or if you wake up, having to wake up like three or four times a night. Do you do that? Or you just black, you just black nah, out? No, man. It? You see, like once I go to sleep, that's it, bro. Like... Either I hold it to the morning or I pee the bed. I'm not getting up. Pull that close to you, dude. We're yeah. trying to give you some stealth shit right now. Yeah. Get that mic in front of your face. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I can't. It runs right through me. By the way, yeah. cheers. Cheers. Cheers, everybody. Yeah. To all you people who are at home right now instead of training, working, whatever, because of the coronavirus. Yeah. We just decided it's time to give some content, get wrecked, and talk some shit. Yeah, you got people listening. No. <laughs> well, you're, so you're closed. Yeah. What made you decide to, we closed down, I think we closed on Wednesday. We closed the same day that the other gyms closed, like Maverick and Evolve and uh, all those other, it seemed like everybody kind of just agreed. No, on I date. think when they, when they sent out that notice, it was kind of like, you're backdoor closing all the gyms. Like, you don't want to say you're closing all the gyms, but you're closing all the gyms. Like, let's yeah. be honest. Like, you're not allowed to intermingle and you need 16 square meters. You're like, dude, no, okay, well, I'm closed. Yeah, like, closed. you know. But even without that, I mean, that, to be honest, like that whole thing, Singapore is one of the last places to close. And I, I was seeing all this stuff online mm. about all these other gyms that are closed. And I was like, what the fuck's everybody closing, you know? I like, didn't think it was going to. Like, when uh, Sean initially came to us with the idea to close down, I was like, I was kind of blew it off. I was like, dude, they're not going to fucking close. Like, we've been, we've been dealing with it for months already. Yeah. Like, it's, my, my theory was that, my theory until the last two days were like, or three days ago, where they were reaching their all-time peak of, people infected per day like there was 70 something that got it one day and then the next day there was like 80 something and then that which was the biggest day since it got here but up until that point i was just like whatever man like everything's been open anyway like things are getting better here and then you know i thought it was mostly the media to be honest because once it hit the u.s it was like the, it went in a wave right because once it came to singapore the first nah. time people were like a little bit cautious about it everybody was like you know Keep it's the imported cases, ran. though. It's the imported cases. That's what. Yeah. That's what spiked those numbers. Because totally. even when you see those big spikes, more than half the numbers are imported cases, and it's guys who are like in the UK and in the US, and they're coming back here, and then they're they're bringing their dirty virus with them. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I was supposed to travel last week. That was the craziest thing. I was supposed to go back and visit my mom, and then uh, but we had to fly in through New York, and just like. A couple days before the flight, I knew that everything was starting to peak there. They were already talking about closing New York down and not allowing anybody to land and all that kind of shit. And then uh, literally the day that we were supposed to leave, they had already canceled the two flights from Singapore to New York that day. So mm -hmm. I was like, I knew that the third one was, was going to be canceled and everything was fucked. And like, if you can't come back, if you come back into Singapore after you leave the country, you, at that point you had to be GPS tracked. Like they would literally uh, tag your phone at the airport and then they would check in on you. To make, it wasn't like one of those recommended quarantines. It's like they're actually fucking checking where you are. And then they started saying that like, if you got the thing we were talking about earlier, if they, if you come down with the coronavirus and you're coming in uh, from abroad, you don't get any of the the help financially with the medical care you have to pay the foreign fee at the hospitals and all that kind of shit and then and then also my mom's really sick so i was like what if we fucking take something to her you know mm -hmm. maybe you could be one of those people with the 
not showing asymptomatic, symptoms. Yeah, yeah, asymptomatic, yeah. and then you go there, and then you know your mom is my mom is really sick anyway. Get something like that, and I was just like, fuck. There is just no way, no way yeah. to sort it out. Yeah, it's the thing. There's just there's not enough like uh, testing kits in the world. I think that's the real problem, right? If we all had like a confirmation of our sta- of our status, it would be a whole lot easier to go about our lives. Just be like, okay, nope, no, no corona. Let me in. Business as usual, right? Well, that's what makes it so scary. Is you can go for a week with the, you could be asymptomatic and go. Well, I mean, even if you catch it, you can be symptomatic, but days later show it. Or you can just be entirely asymptomatic, carry it, not even know that you have it, and then. So if you have the everybody. most advanced testing kit in the world. You still won't show it, even if you've been infected already. No, you can test for it. You can yeah, test exactly, for it for right? Sure. Yeah, if if you can get the tests, which right, exactly, in the US which is, is the which problem. is kind of weird because you, if you really think about it, like everybody in the world, including poor people, have cell phones that can access all the information known to man, and we were able to put those in their hands somehow, but we can't collectively as a as a fucking planet figure out how to create enough testing kits for the people for people What's this? <laughs> like i mean like come on man like and they had months of notice too like before it even really got to the u.s yeah, they had yeah. months to a month, six weeks to plan and well not even just the u.s don't put all the fucking uh responsibility on those guys no, it's just because they're in the hotbed right now yeah well yeah they are most of the other world it's starting to get a little better like yeah. you know within the next probably three weeks it's going to turn the corner in most places but the U.S. now has the most confirmed cases of any country, including... And they will continue to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Until there's a cure or a vaccine or something. Yeah, that's why I knew I couldn't go. Dude, you know how fucking crazy my last two weeks are, right? So uh, I, got, <clears throat> I got a message on like two Thursdays ago, and it was from Bashir at, at one, offering me, asking me if I wanted to fight at, at one here on the show on the... The 16th or 15th or 17th yeah, or something like that. That would have been cool. Dude, that would have been fucking cool. I was really yeah. excited. He's like, do you want to do it? And I'm like, well, I'm not in great shape, but, you know, I'm down to try yeah. and everything. And then he's like, okay, cool. I'll get you back. And then uh, sent me a message again a couple of days later and just said that they're trying to find the opponent or whatever. And then uh, they decided to cancel all the shit now. So I got that message on like the Tuesday or whatever. And then Did you sign the- anything? Sorry? You sign anything? No, because they said they were just trying to confirm the opponent. Okay. And then I haven't heard back since, but then they canceled all the shows. And so I found out that, like, the day before. The next day, I got a message from my mom saying that I had to come home and visit. So then I booked the tickets that day. Spent, like, three grand on these fucking tickets, right, to go back to New York. Then, like, everything starts canceling. They start shutting everything down. We try to call. uh, I booked it through Cheapo Air. You know them? It's like a flight booking. Whatever the fuck, right? And I booked it through them. And then uh, when we tried to call the day before to find out the flight status, like their phone numbers weren't working anymore. They wouldn't pick up the phone. Everything had to be online. There were no customer service agents. It was the same thing with uh, Qatar Air, who I was was flying with. You call. They redirect you to a a public service announcement on their website. But uh, it just – all I could – the only way I could cancel was by email. Like not even sending, it was like they sent everybody like COVID-19 update email, click here if you want to cancel your reservations and you click it and it's like, okay, we'll refund you in the order with which we received your request or something. And I'm just like, dude, there's thousands of people. I have no idea. It's going to take, who the fuck knows how long before they refund this shit. And then I had to find all of you. I asked you because I was going to try to have your guys cover my classes and all that kind of shit. So I found a bunch of instructors who could help cover the classes and then everything's fucked. Turns out we have to close down. Dude, it's been a crazy two weeks. Like, so what? Would would you have actually been able to go, like, if you wanted to? I think, I mean, the flight did take off, and it did land. The question was, I wasn't really concerned about going there. I was concerned with coming back. Right. Because I already knew that they would have to do, I'd have to do quarantine for a month. 
Hmm. And so I couldn't work at the gym or anything like that. And then once they started like putting these restrictions in for people coming in from overseas, and then I knew it was so bad in New York, I was like, well, what if they close down the border when I'm there? I'm just fucked, right? And like, yeah, what are you going to do in America? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shoot guns? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I'm down for that. <laughs> yeah. I was telling Charmaine, I was like, dude, if, if shit hits the fan when we're there, we're good. That's where you want to be during the apocalypse. Dude, all those hillbillies there, there's fish in the rivers, there's deer walking around. Like, uh, Singapore, oh. <laughs> you got four days here, dude. You got four days here. Shit hits the fan. Like, the, border, the border's got to close between Malaysia. Like, this if is it, a siege. If it really you know goes I mean? to apocalypse style, right? Like, Singapore is a pretty cool place for us because we know how to fight. Nobody has guns. So, yeah, exactly. So thanks for buying us toilet paper, guys. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But in America, man, those guys have guns. They've been training for this shit their whole life. <laughs> this is one of the worst places. Like, you talk about doomsday prepper kind of shit. Like, yeah. Singapore is the worst place to ever get stuck in a situation like that. Because there's a, there's a land bridge. That's the only way to fucking get here. There's mm-hmm. no natural resources here at all. Like, you, you'd have no chance, dude. This would be the worst place ever to... This is the place that gets exterminated like they, they just wipe the whole area out right if it gets infested well, with how zombies how long are you talking about though i mean maybe over like 10 years but like in a year how how would you get feed so many people and you don't feed those people you feed me <laughs> <laughs> they buy the food everyone else is i dude, take their food you're turning this into mad max or some shit like well, you got this vision in your head of you just like well, conquering like bukatima and shit and well, raping and pillaging your way to the top of the it's like they say like you don't uh you don't discover new things about yourself. You reveal new things about yourself, right? Yeah. In, in dire circumstances. And I think everybody's that way. They just don't have the ability to do that. It's true. Yeah, yeah. you do. Do you think that, like, what's the lesson from all this, man? Because, like, it, it's interesting. This is the largest global, on a global scale, sort of attack, for lack of a better word, on the human species since World War II, Maybe. In terms of the total amount of people that's affected globally, there's never been anything like this. Like H1N1, SARS, that wasn't like this. This is totally different. But we're more connected as a human species than we've ever been. Yeah, that's, that's the problem, right? That's the problem with something like this is right. then you, you can just track it across the entire globe. Mm. And I just wonder, like, but you know, is this, is this is a this once-off? Thing, is this a one-off? Do we learn anything from this as a species? Is there, like, are we preparing oh, for something greater? Is this? I think, I think it gets worse. Yeah, I think it gets worse. I don't know, man. Not, I, not this particular epidemic, but I think that uh, maybe another virus hits and and maybe it's deadly and it's asymptomatic for several weeks and then it's it's as equally as contagious. Then what? Or even worse. Right? This, this one's not going to kill most of us, right? Yeah. One percent of people, like one percent of people. What kills one percent of people? Like a lot of things kill one percent of people, right? Yeah. I have to take my chances with most of those things. Yeah. Well, it gets way higher as you get older. It's like one to two to three percent if you're like average age and everything. But once you start becoming old, those are the people that. Yeah, it's gotten a few younger guys as well, but. Yeah, it's got a few. It's got a few for sure. And apparently it's it's, uh, somewhat affected by blood blood type as well. Yeah, I I, heard that like A blood types is the worst. Yeah, that's what I am. Always the best. Yeah. Oh, you're A? Yeah, I'm A. I'm fucked, dude. Uh, I'm A. I'm like, I'm freaking out, bro. No. Yeah. But yeah, I am A. Charmaine's O, so she keeps talking shit to me. She's like, you're going to die. And I'm like, no, I'm not. (laughs) <laughs> it's better to be any okay so O is probably the best but at the same time that's the shortest supply of blood if you ever run short on blood yeah that's true what type are you do you know B you're B yeah no you're, you're dead you're fucked you're the, you're the weird maybe. one maybe I think I'm in the middle though it's not AB that's nah, the mutant blood that's what you want no that's well what, yeah because then you can have the baby the blood of all the babies you can everywhere every, isn't that's the universal receiver right AB universal receiver right? yeah see that's what's up those are the super yeah. people I guess so. That's the most <laughs> most adapted, most yeah. Uh, you can take right? blood type of anyone, and then one's the universal donor, right? Which one is that? Oh, 
That's how. Uh, yeah, oh, that's why it's so uh, short in supply. Because like, yeah. if they run out of B, they run out of A. Yeah, let's use some of this old blood. Yeah. It's weird though, man. Right? Because you see with this, with all this coronavirus shit, a lot of people are are locked. So we were t- we were talking before the podcast. I mean, this this doesn't bother me at all. This lockdown, I, I kind of enjoy it. Right, yeah. No, of course. I was saying to you when you walked in that in the last two years. I'm going to have more days off in the next 30. It's, we're close for 35 days. So in that time, I'm going to have more time off in one month than I've had in two years combined. Do you think that it's really going to be just 30 days, though? Well, I think, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that's a conservative estimate or do you think that's probably, I think it's probably about right. 30, 35 days. But I don't know, man. You never uh, know what this shit. I just see it extending, bro. I, like everywhere else is extending. Like They, they put an initial uh, advisory out or initial like... Um, closure or lockdown or whatever but it's not like it's letting up it's just getting worse it's, it's like oh extension like oh and, and like add these three things in or add those few things in i would be surprised if gyms are open before the second half of the year really but I, I mean what do i know i'm just some fucking and guy i also wonder people. like I don't know anything you know well i mean the whole thing is basically we have to wait for the government because singapore is one of those countries you know like even in the u.s right now as bad as it is mm-hmm. it's still pretty much up to the individual and in the company unless you're in like one of these hotbed spots or something like mm-hmm. that but you know like there's there's a online presence that's trying to shame people into closing down and shit like that right but mm-hmm. beyond but it's, they're not legally complied but in singapore like when the government says you know the 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 people obey. <laughs> that's that's pretty much yeah. But they don't what say do. really so much. It's very gray. It's like okay, yeah. you guys, we're not allowing any bars unless you have food. Yeah. How many bars don't have food? Yeah, like the coffee shops, dude. People are getting wrecked at the coffee shops. The MRTs. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. Like, oh, we're gonna have social distancing, but like MRTs, you can people are so right got, on like, top of each other. You got like twelve dudes on your lap, like yeah. the whole like. But, but really? to be fair, those are, in Singapore, that's the essential services, right? You have the hospitals, the ATMs, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? You have the train and you have the hawker centers. Yeah. Like, dude, if those are running, like, you can, you're pretty good. As long as the food supply is still coming back and forth, you know, between, like, the mainland and shit, then you're going to be good for a while. But it is, a, but there's nothing like this that's ever happened that I can recall. Think about it's it. It's uniquely. Think about it, like, this is far more contagious than AIDS, right? Far more contagious than AIDS. I remember, like, uh, I'll get curious because they always make you take those stu- stupid AIDS tests every time you renew your pass here. Yeah, right? in Singapore. So I get curious, and like, while I'm waiting for the result, I'll ask the doctor. I'll say, "How how contagious is HIV actually?" And he says, "Well, if you have unprotected sex with a woman, um, it's something like something ridiculously low. Like, uh, who's who's infected, by the way?" It's something ridiculously low, like um, like a one in like ten thousand chance, or one in four thousand. Don't quote me on this, but it's it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's super it's super low. It's, it's super so low, low that you'll you'll play you'll take that risk. Well, I won't you'll take that <laughs> risk, but but it, but, it, bro. It's but, fine. The, but the idea is like that it's super low, right? And people are still afraid of AIDS, right? That's why you don't have orgies with like a hundred people in one night, right? Dude, but if coronavirus is more contagious than that shit, and you're on a train with like a thousand dudes. You would never fuck a thousand people <laughs> and hope to avoid AIDS, you know? Yeah. Like a thousand people who have AIDS. Like, it's just, I mean, those odds are pretty good. You, you know, <laughs> some people will take those. Will take yeah. those odds, dude. If you want to get fucking weird, did you, <laughs> did you like? Uh, <laughs> let's let's talk a little about sex, bro. Because <laughs> since we're talking about diseases, when you were young and you would like, uh, you would, you know, when you first started dating chicks and, and fooling around and all that kind of stuff, would you get freaked out and paranoid that you contracted something afterward? Oh, like thinking that you did? Yeah. 
Would you, would you ever have that fear, like when you were young, or were you just like, fuck it, I'm gonna do whatever? I was like. I would like hold hands. I'm like, I've got the AIDS. <laughs> I've got the AIDS. Holding hands. <laughs> yeah. From holding yeah, hands. Yeah, you didn't know what AIDS. it was back then. It was like, I mean, like yeah. AIDS. People didn't really even. You never even heard of it until like the late '80s. And by the time I was like in high school, it was like the the, the mid '90s. Like, I remember being paranoid. You were never yeah. paranoid. I was always paranoid. Bro. Yeah, I, I thought I was getting it from holding hands. Like, <laughs> like, like. <laughs> Dude, that does some. That does some crazy. Anytime there's a disease, right? Like something that you can you can get from somebody. Whether it's you know the thing with the coronavirus, it's airborne. That's what makes it so so difficult to deal with, right? Is that like it's weird? Is like, of course you should wash your hands, and everybody's recommending that all the time. But it's it, it's airborne virus, so you can just be next to somebody, and then you breathe the same air, and the, you can catch it, right? And it's the same thing with all of these with with any sort of diseases that you get. Is it's fucking weird that like people get you sick like that, and it's such a deeply rooted fear among people, right? Like. It, you know, if you've been to the Hawker Centers and shit over the last few days, they have all of the areas barred out. Yeah, they have the X's on the places. Yeah, and then have you been to the malls? Like, the malls are they're uh, looped around the block. Like, it's only single entrance from one entrance, and but then again, you have to... they pile in, fucking stacked on top of one another via MRT to get there. So, yeah, what's, the, what's the that's why point, That's right? why it's weird, because even when you're on the way there, like, it doesn't seem like... Everything seems business as usual, yeah. and then there's a fucking line around the block with twenty or thirty people lined up, just yeah. waiting to single file or get into this mall. We walked there because we were going to go to McDonald's or something just to get some food, and then we saw the line, and we were just like, "Fuck this, dude! We're not going to stand there for." Because that was just in the mall. The hawker centers are all pretty normal, but yeah, they have the single file line all the way around. Like, uh, I think maximum they can let in two hundred and whatever people. Yeah. Yeah, but no, it's it's good. I'm avoiding all of that shit. I'm just staying at home playing video games. I'm trying to be like the the least amount of risk possible i haven't taken the mrt in like two months really yeah no i just won't do it and i'm even moving closer to my gym <laughs> so well, we reopen yeah yeah so what you, how long have you been closed to, just uh a few days i guess uh, something like that so what's your what's your plan for the next month get in touch with your you have a ps3 dude you gotta wake up you no, gotta come I mean, to this generation i gotta get a ps4 you old yeah. son of a bitch it's yeah. time to <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking like uh, get a PS4. Nerd You're getting a PS4. The PS5 comes out at the end of the year. Does it? See, that's the thing, man. Like it does. What, I mean, yeah. it's official. Yeah, but what am I gonna do until then? I, I won't have. Time. I'll have <laughs> well, you can get a secondhand PS4 one. That's true. That's true. Uh, during this month, this next month, then I will the PS5 probably. Assuming yeah. all things go back to normal. Totally, dude. Get your yeah. system now because yeah. you get way more play out of it than you yeah. will. Dude, if you want to buy a PS4, I have enough games. In, on disc that I could give you that keep you occupied for months. He's, I'm sold. I'm, I'm buying one tonight. We're, after this podcast, I have so many games. We're that gonna you can stagger just take. into some. I have every game some that you can possibly place, want. and we're gonna play. We're gonna buy a PS4, and you're gonna give me your games. Fuck yeah! I'm and I'll see dude. you in a month. They're just sitting on the shelf. <laughs> I'll see you in a month. Dude. I'll see you in a month. I'll come out with a ten beard. Ten kilos heavier, <laughs> yeah. fucking, or ten with, kilos lighter. Who knows? With, like with maybe your I don't weird even beard yeah. that you can grow. What's your beard? If you just don't shave for a year, what happens? It looks like okay. So basically, it basically looks like I left some honey. At the tip of my chin, and a bunch of ants found out about it, oh. and they were making their way down to to eat it. So you would you ever see Kill Bill? Yeah, of course. So you'd grow yeah. that pie may beard, right? Yeah. Where it's like it's that's a little, the goal, and then man. You have I like five that. long hairs that <laughs> yeah. come all the way down to the center of your chest. That's when you're a real seafood, right there. Yeah. It's when you get that long beard like that, or at least like a mole with the long hair sticking out of that mole. Yeah. What is that? I don't. <laughs> it's lucky, dude. I've never seen that before. I came to Asia. But yeah. I see. I don't know what it is about old Asian dudes and mole beards, <laughs> mole beards. <laughs> which is what they. Fuck. Have you seen this? You have guys have a huge mole on their chin. 
five long hairs that go down to their chest coming out of this one mole. Everything else is clean. And then I just see that, and I'm like, what? <laughs> what it's the lucky, fuck are bro. you going for right now? I don't mind that. That's cool. Whatever. That's cool. Mole hair. That's cool. Yeah, That's nah, your thing. It's a different thing. Like, at least hipsters can't copy that. What if, that's your, what if that's your fetish? Like, mole hair. Mole hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're really into long, single or double strands of There's mole hair. There's going to be some aunties that are like, did you see that nigga's mole hair? <laughs> oh, my God. Translate yeah. that into Hawkeye or something. It's probably a real thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, people are weird. Somebody's probably into that. I mean, yeah. people are into feet. I don't really. Yeah. Do you, are you? Does that work for you? I don't feet? get that at all. No. Nah. Nah. Like nothing. nothing. Nothing with feet. Nothing. I don't know. <laughs> Charmaine has these. I keep calling her a, a, a what's it? An animal kin or a fox kin because she's got this like hair thing that she wears. It's like cat ears. Yeah. So she's just like you know, it's like the. Whatever the fuck they're called. I don't know. The band thing that goes across your head and then she's got two little cat ears. I walked in on there the other day <laughs> and I just coming out of the bathroom and I walk in and she's like stroking it. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm just like looking at her. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? I start laughing. And she's like, what? I'm like, those ears aren't yours. You can't feel what you're doing. She's just sitting there like stroking the, the fucking <laughs> fake ear on her head. And I'm like, that's furry behavior. You're, you're secretly becoming a furry or like furry? a foxkin. Foxkin? You don't. You don't know what a furry is, bro? No. Major, you don't know what a furry is? Bro, I've been... Bro, you got to come into this universe. I've been in my Musashi you know, cave. You know what a furry is, Wugong, right? <laughs> Wugong knows bro. what a fucking furry is, dude. What's a furry? Maybe Will Chop's right. You're the whitest guy that any of us know, if you don't I know what a furry so. is. <laughs> what is a furry? A furry is someone who likes to dress up like animals, pretend they're animals, and, and basically fuck. <laughs> oh, okay. That's all they do. So, all like, right. you ever see the big rabbit suits or the it big squirrel maybe, suits? Maybe in Japan I've seen these kind of things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's huge in Japan. Yeah. And then not only can you be the furry, but you can be the animal kin. So the furry is like they dress up in the suits. The animal kin is like where you think you're a, a rabbit. And so you put on, like, rabbit ears and you do, like, a whole rabbit suit. And you'll, like, you know, lick, do the – well, that's a cat. Like, you lick okay. and you rub your ears. And, and it's just, like, weird – fucking sex play shit that people do but yeah furries and they there's conferences all over the world that have like thousands of people that go and they just dress up like animals and, and fuck <laughs> you know what that is that's, that's what is that enlighten us that, major. That, that is these young people who grow up with porn on the internet and they've just run out of things to be amused by i mean it's fetishes right that's really what it is it's like yeah, but I think we see a higher prevalence because these kids didn't have to use National Geographic magazines to get the job done. Yeah. They, they had, they had, oh, like, yeah. It's definitely a problem of abundance. Like, yeah. it's a problem of abundance, right? Like, there's yeah. just too much shit to do. If you have so much time that you can get into the deep, deep, dark pits of <laughs> internet porn where it's yeah. like furries and whatever like crazy shit that you're into, you have too much free time. Because if you were working for a living and like, you know, doing yeah. labor and shit. You're not spending your little bit of free time when you're tired looking at furry porn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe it's a generational thing too, you know? It is. Do you think it's going to get even weird? Like, okay, so if you have kids, let's assume you have kids in the next five years, just hypothetically, right? So it'll be 2040, 2045, 2050 before your kids are growing up. Right. What do you think that world is going to look like of like, you know, just the weirdness of... I mean, if you want to go down the continual train of thought that we're on right now of, like, just weird, like, sexual chemistry and weird habits that couples have. I mean, think about, like, how different it is dating now compared to dating 10 years ago. Like, most dating now is done online. It's Tinder. It's cu you, Cupid, whatever the fuck, right? Like, it's, all, it's online. Mm -hmm. And 
unless you're like deep in the country, nobody's just getting introduced to people like community events and your friends of families. And it happens still for sure. But no. the vast majority of it, dude, is is I think online Tinder shit. Now imagine that's this probably shit. the largest single thing. Yes. But I, 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 extrapolate I, this twenty years to when your kids are grown up, and like how fucking weird is it? Maybe there's a new technology that's that we haven't even been exposed to yet. That's going to be more prevalent than than even like something like Tinder. Well, what are like you know augmented reality or VR for sh- in twenty years, twenty five years? Are that, we all going to be living like Second Life, or are we are we going to have like avatars that go out in the real world for us? I don't know. How far do you think that is away? I think I think twenty or thirty years. That sounds about right. Well, fuck, man! If this virus, if we can't figure out a cure for it, we're going to have to send some fucking avatars out to live our lives for us. Because we <laughs> like, okay. So how how we? so how long? So think about it, right? If you were to get locked into a virtual, like the Matrix style, right? Yeah. You're, you're about to get locked into a virtual reality. Uh, a simulator you would need your vr goggles you need your headphones you need your headset and then you would need something like in the matrix to feed you how long before people were so invested in what whatever it is vr or virtual reality augmented reality whatever the thing where it's like because people will sit in game for hours right mm-hmm. 10 12 hour fucking hard gaming sessions how long before you go down this path and then people will just like take their food like intravenously and fucking because they can't they don't want to move anymore 20 years, 30 years, like, you know, like those chairs in Wally. Remember that? <laughs> you ever see Wally that, where they sit around in the fucking chairs? That might also answer another question as well. Like, you, it, might, it might solve the, the food shortage problem because our population is increasing, but our first sources of food are decreasing and people are looking towards, like, insects for, for food sources. But if you took your nutrients intravenously, intra, yeah. intravenously, yeah. Yeah, you'd, be, uh, you'd be solving that well, problem. It's like, you, you know, if, you're, if you have a serious injury, you get to put on a feeding tube. Right. I mean, they have to feed. They have to keep you alive. You're in a coma or something. They have to. They have to do that. Now, what if you got so into your virtual reality that yeah, that you just wouldn't want to unplug? I mean, I I just think that that's so in human nature to just it's drug addiction, right? You get addicted to coke. You get addicted to whatever. You get so far into that world, you can't see the the way out. And you know, you'll well, people will get skinny. They won't eat. They'll fucking become little bones like meth people with their teeth all fucked up and everything. And well, I think one thing to consider is like if this this if this is just the beginning of this whole like uh, idea of having pandemics and germs or viruses or whatever it is out there that could potentially kill you or whatever, right? We're getting used to lockdown. We're getting used to just like all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I I don't see it being too far off to think that our whole social interactions really like how much. If you if you waited your social interaction like in person, like how often do you sit there and talk to a person versus uh, your social interactions on your phone? Yeah. Right. It's you're probably disproportionately skewed more towards your phone already. Yeah. And oh, so if for, we, the, for the vast majority of people, yeah, you especially with, the young sure. people coming oh, up yeah. in this generation who know how to do that stuff a lot better. Do you call anyone? Do you call oh, anybody? That's miserable. On the phone? I hate calling. I, know. I don't I call calling. people. That's it's, gone. That's dead. Nobody does that, dude. Yeah, yeah, that's fucking gone. That used to be the standard. Yeah, and now like if someone rather, calls me, I'm yeah. like, why are you? I'm like repulsed almost. I'm yeah, like, what yeah. the fuck are you doing? I'm not gonna answer that, and then I'll ignore it, and then miss it, text them back five minutes later or something. Yeah, I yeah. go, nobody. Oh, nobody I, did. I wasn't calls. near my phone. That was a weird thing. Last, <laughs> right. last time I went home to see my parents, like their phones were ringing like nonstop, and I was like, wow, that's so annoying, man. Like, what? How can you deal with that? And they're like, what? Deal with what? Like, like your phone just nonstop they just ringing. Just it out. Yeah, because they're all old people and all old friends, so they're just yeah. like calling each other. I'm like, why wouldn't he just send you a text? How dare him like interrupt your day yeah. to and demand your attention at this point? Like, do you miss that? What, what kind of like? Uh, so, so yeah, let's go down the road like 20 years, right? What kind of old person are you going to be? Are you going to be the kind of old person that 
is like resistant to the new shit? Are you going to be like, nah, back in my day, this is how you did things. Like kind of, are you going to cling on to the old ways of like your youth? Or are you going to be like full blown going down the rabbit hole, fucking VR porn plugged into the matrix, getting your food from a fucking tube? I'd like to think think that I I would be more uh, adapted to change, but... Okay, there's two things. So, so there's we're one. getting old, dude. No. You get more closed-minded the older you get. No, and that's that's the one thing I was gonna say. We get more closed-minded the older we get. Well, people typically do, but if you look at like, man, I'm in the gym. Like, I've been in the gym every day for the last ten years, and people's ages haven't really changed. Mm. The spectrum has been the spectrum, you know. And so I'm just kind of keeping up with these youngsters, and like they they kind of keep me in the loop, and I don't really realize that I'm so old until I look in the mirror. I'm like, ooh, is that a gray hair? Yeah. I'm like, ooh, that back does really hurt, doesn't it? I know. But We're other, other than that, I'm, I'm just kind of like still living that like 25-year-old like yeah. dream, you know? Like, like let's just let's get awesome. Let's well, go new, kick some ass, you new know? New shit is cool. Life is way better now than it was when we were kids. A thousand We're, we're, we're the yeah. last generation. Yeah. You're, you're like a few years older than me. Yeah. We're the last generation to live pre and post internet like we we were young enough to know what it was like before your parents got the internet or your friends got the internet Mm -hmm. and then into the the current age obviously which is weird because the the internet is one of the most generational defining technologies of all time right? right of all time and then to live it would be like i don't know what's the equivalent like being born Pre electricity, uh, yeah, antibiotics, electricity, the most something like, one, yeah. and being that generation that transformed the daily living of what had gone on for thousands of fucking years, like you know, with a can- with a candlelight or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. it was for most of human existence. Meanwhile, electricity came around what the eighteen hundreds, and so, but yeah. I don't think it was really available to the average man. No, only in the cities and fifties and yeah, forties or fifties. I know, like you know, it's fucking weird, dude. Like. You're only like we're like we're only two hundred years away from fucking slavery, isn't that? Well, three hundred. There's technically two to still slavery going on right now. Do you enjoy your chocolate bars? <laughs> I know, dude. <laughs> like, I know. Yeah, I know. That's what's so weird, right? Is there such a pull? Like slavery, you have the uh, splitting of the atom, electricity, p- plumbing, like you know, fucking tampons, like antibacterial medicine like everything that you can think of that's just generational defining yeah. has been in the last couple hundred years and then you, even if you extrapolate like 50 showering years showering daily showering daily yeah, that's uh, a dude. huge thing I know right? I would hate this podcast right now if you didn't shower for the last like 12 months uh, yeah that's true <laughs> yeah. We, we would have a rank on us I yeah. know it just like the rampant like even some other shit too like how unhealthy people were like 50 years ago the smoking the drinking remember they used to Advertise smoking on TV. Like doctors would recommend. Okay, so here's the thing. Though. Like, here's the thing. What would you trade? Like fifty years out? ago. Okay, so let's just say everybody smokes, right? Like you can you can either nobody smokes and you're eating like genetically modified food, right? Or everybody smokes and it's all organic, all free range, right? Which would you Which would you rather uh, bet your money on? Everybody smokes or no one smokes? Okay, everybody smokes or no one smokes, but in the world where everybody smokes, it's all organic, free range. Tobacco? No, food. Oh, like, I'm talking like there's, <laughs> oh, not, there's like not that many people, organic, right? Organic, free range tobacco. It's I just like, like some uh, hillbilly with his farm and a couple uh, of cows running around. He kills those cows who've eaten nothing. It's a but good grass. question, man. It is a good question. Because I, I, I honestly think that the food long term is going to be more detrimental to us than the tobacco. Well, I would. Those say guys are still alive. A lot of them. A lot of them. Yeah. A lot of them. And now I see. Like Luke, Luke Adams, man. Like, fuck, man. He's 30 yeah, years old. Got cancer already. Let's talk about that, man. I'm glad you brought that up. Cause yeah. You, you know him a lot better than me. Yeah. And that shit, 
bum me out. Straight up bum me out when I I found out about it from Will because after he did the podcast, yeah, we were just kind of chilling and he, he talked to me about it. I was like, fuck, I had no idea. Yeah, I had no idea what was going. On. That is fucking crazy for for the, those listening that don't know. Luke Adams is a he's a jiu-jitsu black belt. He used to work with Major at Juggernaut. You know, a lot of people in Singapore know him because he's he was here for years teaching within the community. So yeah, a lot yeah. of people were old students of his or people that have met him at the competitions and stuff like that. And then he recently within the last two, two weeks or something, got diagnosed with rectal cancer. Well, he came out about it. I think he's known about it for a few months. Yeah. Yeah. But he just kind of went public with it, I guess, recently. Yeah. Even to his friends, because yeah. Will was telling me he just found out. So, Well, Will, Will's a big mouth, so we'll be the last one to know. Well, I didn't, say, I didn't say anything to anybody. It was public before I spoke to anybody about yeah. it, but that, that bummed me the fuck out. How old is he? He's like 30, 31. Dude. He's a kid. I know, man. That's brutal. And the thing is, like, Luke is like a... He's like one of the most healthy guys. I mean, he's a black belt. He trains all the time. He's the lean. Oh uh, yeah, man. You know, like he's like the, a model of health. To be honest, like the the kid, like he, I'll call him a kid because I'm old. But he's mm. he's always like he eats clean. He lives a healthy lifestyle. You know, he really lives jujitsu. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's, like, he's one of those lifestyle. guys. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, dude. It's such a bummer. And uh, you know, I guess he's already done a couple doses of radiation. He, they shared. If you want to support Luke, you can. I'll, I'll put a link in the. The description, because he's got to go fund me. You know, because here's the thing, and I posted this a, a couple days ago. I, I shared Luke's GoFundMe information because while literally the same fucking week he got, he decided to come public with this at the very least, uh, is, is when this coronavirus shit is going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, it, it's an important lesson, I think, to realize that even though the whole world's kind of shut down and is responding to this global pandemic that's that's happening, like, there, there are some people that have it so bad. Like, the... Suffering and all the bullshit of life continues on despite all of this. And when you've got a sandwich, I mean, he was making his money as an instructor. And then they had to close down their gym. You know, he's trying to figure out how to pay for radiation treatments and all this kind of stuff while he can't work. I mean, dude, you know, what the fuck do you say to that? Like, right. There's no way you can. It's just so, I mean, for him, from his perspective, like, you can't get much worse than that. Like. You're at this time where you, you get this terrible news and then there's not really much you can do to fight it. And then, of course, all of the fear and shit that comes from just being diagnosed with something like that. But he's Man. young and shit. Hopefully he, they figure it out. And yeah, no, it's it's miserable, too. Like, even even if have you spoken to him? Yeah, of course. Like, uh, even 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 if you had like millions of dollars to uh, to have your treatment, not worth it. <laughs> from from what I understand, like from the symptoms that he's had, yeah, it's just absolutely terrible. Like it's way better to be a poor guy with good health than to have that shit and have millions of dollars. Yeah, a thousand percent. Yeah, dude, rectal cancer. I mean, that's you know, you ever th- you ever like have a you know, you're I'm sure you've had food poisoning or some kind of like st- terrible stomach issue, right? Mm-hmm. That that's probably the worst pain I think. You know, everybody's like, how would you, how would you rather go? Like freezing, fire, th- I think like dysentery, stomach issues, mm. probably mm. among the worst types of illnesses to get. I mean, you just, you can't do shit, right? Like you get food poisoning or something wrong with your gut. Yeah, but Luke's such a beast, bro. He's like one of those guys. He's like, he's so, like the reason why I really love Luke is because like he's really like kind of like that old school like cowboy, you know what I mean? He's like that, that fucking like... That kind of guy, he's like, ah, I can take it. Like, but, but at the same time, that's kind of why, like, maybe things last long, like, dr- 
drug on longer than they needed to, you know? Like, yeah, for me, I know I'm a bitch, so I would have been like, oh, this shit hurts. Get me some help right away, right now. Yeah. Like, but Luke's like, nah, I'm all right. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, I mean, Will had mentioned to me that he, he'd felt some pain mm-hmm. for a long time before he'd actually gone to the doctor because yeah. you know, he just, like, thought it's whatever. Like, it's some, it's some other thing that's not serious. It'll go away eventually. Yeah. That's the worst part with this kind of shit, right? Is, like, you have to catch it early. And, you know, it's also, like, I don't know about you, but as an American, how often do you go to the doctor? You don't go to the doctor. You don't, right? That's weakness. I never go. That's weakness. Never. Doctors are for commies. I go like, dude, <laughs> you don't go to the I doctor. I go once every three, two or three years. I'll go to a clinic maybe once a year, but like anything other than just a general checkup, like if you know, if you have some, you know, like I, I had staff and then I have to go and get that cream or fucking whatever. But like beyond that, I don't, once every two or three years, max, I will go in and like, you know, as an American, you people don't go to the doctor. You can't afford it. The healthcare system is so fucked. Like, if they call an ambulance on you, or... No, no, people will literally I'll walk it. I'll walk be it. dying of a heart attack and <laughs> yeah. call an Uber. Yeah. Because they can't afford a fucking ambulance. Yeah, it's true. Like, the, the cost of healthcare is insane. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. And you could get a basic illness, and if you're not covered with insurance, be out several thousand dollars. So, like, Americans are just kind of bred not to go to the doctor. And, you know, then you think about this kind of stuff. And then if you have some healthcare issue that maybe you think is not a big deal, but you never really know. I like that about Singapore is people here just check. They just go. Yeah. You know, but Americans don't. They just tend to let it, let it sit. Let it, my mom's like that. She, she, I mean, she's got cancer. And she literally is just like, fuck it. I'm going to die when I'm going to die. I'm not going to go to the doctor. Yeah. She has healthcare workers come into her place a couple times a week, but she's not going and doing that shit. I think if it's something that's maybe contagious, I would try to be socially con- uh, responsible. Mm. And maybe like just, just to have that like... Um, Assurance, like, just that, you know, like, make sure, be, be responsible in that way, you know. But other stuff, I'm like, I'm like that might be cancer. And I'm like, nah, I'm all right. <laughs> well, well, even with Luke, right? Like, he's obviously a really healthy guy. Yeah, that's the thing, man. So it's like, what do you, you know, it's just. This guy doesn't it, smoke. Dude. He doesn't do, like, dumb shit. He exercises every day. Like, he is the model of health of anybody's. Model. I mean, right? dude, he's fucking lean. He's ripped. Like, you know, he trains all like the time. Too, yeah. and he's been like that for the last, because he started before, like, I think he started probably like 15 years ago. Like, back in the old school era of jiu-jitsu. You know? Like, he's yeah. jiu-jitsu through and through, man. Yeah, yeah and then I just, uh, you, you wonder about that kind of stuff. And, you know, even with this coronavirus stuff and, and, and Luke, everything. It's important to remember how valuable your health is. <sighs> you know, because... You can be a totally healthy person that can come down with something like that, or then you can be a person who smokes, drinks, does whatever, fat as fuck, and live until you're 80, like 90. Yeah. Shit just happens. It's like there's no rhyme or reason to it, and it just it's there's so much randomness in the universe. Like even with all of this coronavirus stuff, like it went from a what a fucking bat to a pangolin to a well, that's what they whatever say. to the person. If you things. believe the mainstream media, bro. Well, I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I don't think pangolins can be associated with anything so evil as <laughs> as the coronavirus, but yeah, yeah, it's just one of those things you gotta appreciate. Well, it's kind of back it. to the original point that I was saying though is like, which one's worse, man? Like this, the cigarettes and all the stuff, or or this genetically modified food? I tell you what, I used to work for the Social Security Administration, and in the U.S. when I was like being a grown up, like right after college, right, and so we'd have people come in, like. Pretty old, pretty old guys coming in. Like, uh, I met a couple centennials, a couple of people who oh, were in wow. their hundreds. Yeah, mm. 
And like every time I meet one, I would always like bring them back to my desk and I'd be like, let's talk. Like, I want to know how you made it to a hundred. And all of those guys were like, I smoke cigarettes. <laughs> like, I smoke cigarettes. I ate whatever the fuck I wanted. And like, that's how I made it to a hundred. And I'm like, ate whatever the fuck you wanted. I'm like, but you lived most of your life eating organic. Yeah. Like, it wasn't much processed shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And I'm like, how bad are cigarettes compared to GMOs? Like, you don't know because GMOs don't kill you in a day. Right? You can blame other environmental factors. You can say, like, oh, it wasn't the GMOs. It was the 5G towers. It was the et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, I think one of the big ones for sure is you, you should not eat processed food much. I think that's universally but understood. Isn't bacon processed? Well, I mean, meat meat is definitely a, a spectrum of something that's processed, right? Because you can get the cheap, shitty cuts that you get for next to nothing, and then you can get like proper. You know, you can go to a butcher and you can. Okay, get... Okay, so what's better, like a like a lean steak that came in one of those fucking terrible, like uh, mass farmed, like where there's just cows just sitting on top of cows. It's like a fucking wet market in China, right? One of those steaks, right? But a nice cut off that steak, or it's something grass-fed that had a name and a personality, <laughs> and you you ground it up and you put a little bit of casing on it, and then you you know you, you cook that up. Which which one's actually worse? Well, yeah, it's it's a good question. I mean, one's definitely more expensive, right? I mean, well, maybe not. I mean, so like, you don't know if well, I mean, if, if something's grass like if you get a steak from like cold storage or from Fair Price or something, that shit's. I mean, that's. That's mass herding, right? Like they're they're just cows in a pen. You can also go to like you know a nice butcher in Singapore, and you can get a, cu- a cut of like Australian grass fed beef or New Zealand grass fed beef, and that right. shit's free range. And or, or you compare the same cut, but what I'm saying, yeah, is you get the same cut. You're, but you're saying processed, but, but like, one's way more expensive because like if, if processed shit's cheaper. Because what if you had processed grass fed cows, right? Like those, those scraps, those scraps yeah. from those New Zealand cows, which are all grass fed, mm. more or less, um, are going somewhere. Right, and they're making somebody's hamburgers, and they're making somebody's this, that, or whatever. And then you've got those American cows that have like all the antibiotics pumped through them. Yeah. They're stacked on top of cows, and stacked on top of pigs, stacked on top of vile bile, and all kinds of other nasty shit. Well, um, you, you reach a point where you're like ethic, ethically compromised, right? Because like, have you ever had shark fin? Yeah. Well, yeah. no, I've had yeah the soup, the soup. Yeah, the shark fin You've soup. Been to, everyone's been so, to a wedding, right? I mean, yeah, exactly. Right. This is the thing about that. Like, I, I don't like. The, con- the idea of shark fin soup, but there's been times where it's plopped in front of me at, at these Chinese feasts or whatever, and mm-hmm. you know, you're going there for Chinese New Year or whatever the fuck. They always have shark fins or birthdays, all that kind of stuff. It's a really popular Chinese cuisine, especially in that context of celebrating birthdays or whatever. And so, you know, this shit gets popped in front of me, and I'm like, I don't really want to eat it because, first of all, I don't think it's that great. Mm-hmm. And secondly, like, I know that shark fin soup is a huge problem because I don't have a problem with meat, but if you kill a shark and all you use is the fin, I'm like, well, okay, it's it's too much waste. I can't ethically be down for that, right? Because like, you kill a deer, you take, you can use the majority of the animal. Like, if I kill kill a shark and I'm using five percent of its body to eat, that's a tough one. So that's where I draw the line. But then it gets dropped in front of you. You know what I mean? Like, you'll be well, at one of these things, okay, and I'm like, the, well, the, the shark's dead. Someone's got to eat that shit. If I don't, you're wasting it because it's in front of you. You don't want to throw it away. So then you're in that sort of ethically compromised state where you're like, probably if you're a vegetarian or something like that and you end up you know eating something that you didn't know i think too many people are are concerned with uh like protecting these animals that are majestic they're they're, they don't really service any purpose in in most um, throughout most of history there probably are competition 
Like, oh, don't kill tigers, don't kill lions, don't kill bears, don't kill sharks. These are predatory animals. They eat our food. And if you give them a chance, they'll eat us too. Like, at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, but I'm that was when I'm everything was people, in abundance. Bro. I'm team people. Yeah, me too. No, I'm, I'm definitely team people. Team people. Like, like, fuck those animals. But like, I'm, what about tuna? I mean, you just want to let them overfish that shit? Like, you know, because it's like, everything, I'm team if, people, if you've, but... If you've, been far, if you've been farming ever, you, you know that everything is about keeping a balance. If you have too many moles, they'll fuck up your crops. If you don't have enough moles, you won't be able to irrigate your, your soil. So you have to keep a balance to everything. Everything is about balance. But that's why I like, like, I, I think some of the best conservation in the world is in the U.S. I mean, hands down, in, in my experience, there's no question that Americans are the most in touch with nature of any people. That, I think Northern Europe also can, the largest you know, amount of Scandinavia, Norway, of, Finland, they have a lot too. They, normal, largest amount of, like, uh, livable, uh, fertile land. Yes, land. And, yeah. and, you know, hunting culture is huge. Fishing culture is huge. People, yeah. Those people really care about preserving that and i think they have the right idea right like i'm mm. not opposed to eating anything if it's abundant and mm. the, the way that they monitor that is by making sure that the, that you have hunting seasons and then you have fishing and that's true of everywhere in international waters right but mm. then you know you get these fucking ships these japanese ships that go out and say that they're on research that they're research vessels and then they're killing fucking whales and you know all that kind of shit that's that's sort of where i draw the line because i i listen i'll eat anything i'll eat deer i'll eat elk i'll eat whatever as long as i feel like there's enough of it then it's I fine know, man. i feel like but this is maybe my personal this is my personal opinion but i feel like uh all these predators they're great they're majestic i love watching them on national geographic and all that stuff but we don't need them would you kill a lion would i kill a lion would you would you cecil cecil lion would you, would you shoot cecil lion for a cool indian head <laughs> or a fucking cool uh <laughs> was it uh the you know the fucking head the, the, the well, mounted thing on your wall. I guess I would do anything if the situation revealed itself to me. If that thing was trying to kill my child. Oh, I yeah. In that smoke case, that for sure. Dude. Yeah, yeah. And Have you ever hunted? No. Never been? No, I never hunted before. Do you fish? I've a fished bit. before. Uh. I'm such a pussy, though. Like, I, like they're, they're too slimy. And I don't like <laughs> fish. are too slimy? <laughs> they're too slimy? <laughs> I should probably be vegan based, based on how fucking much of a pussy I am. I should seafood? probably be vegan. Or do you skip it? No, I eat seafood. Yeah. Eat seafood. Yeah. Yeah. We got to get you fishing. Yeah. That would be a trip, watching yeah. you fish and hunt. Yeah. I, I can touch the worm. I've worked up to that, but the fish, too gross. Can't deal with it. Well, we were just saying we'd like to go back and live the white, trashy, American, redneck Trump life at some point in the but U.S. But not full-time. How would you? Yeah, but... Part-time. Okay, so you Part-time. have... You get a you buy a farm in Kentucky or some shit, right? Some right. southern state or whatever. What do you do for your two or three months off when you're there? Shoot guns. <laughs> like at anything probably? or just in general well because because what's the dream what's major overall's redneck american dream what's okay the so the thing is like <laughs> if, I'm, if i'm gonna do that for only two months out of the year right it's gonna be a contrast to my normal life because singapore is my stability it's my normal it's this is like who where i feel comfortable this is where i feel like i'm safe you know mm. but if i'm gonna be crazy for a couple of months yeah i'm gonna i'm not gonna go live in new york and like try to make it singapore yeah. Like no, I'm gonna do the opposite. I'm gonna go to. I'm gonna go to fucking. You hunt, you fish, you camp, right? You drive yeah. four wheelers, and you I'm gonna go to. I'm gonna go to Montana. I'm gonna be like the black reincarnation of John Wayne. <laughs> the black <laughs> reincarnation of John Wayne. Oh my god, dude! I yeah, I kind of 
I do kind of long for that. I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's just some romantic city boy bullshit. Yeah. So I grew up in the country, but I've been in cities for so long that yeah, same. maybe it's just the, the oppositional thing where it's like, you know, you're in the city, you crave the country. If you're in the country, you're probably like, I got to get the fuck out of here and do something in a city where you can't do it. And like you couldn't run a, profitable MMA business if you're way out in the fucking country. You can't own a gym. Like, you can get a few people. If you're in, like, a, a small town, you might be able to get a few, but you got to be in a decent-sized city to be able to get 100 students. Or you I know don't even you. know what you can do in a small town to make a profitable business. Could you go back to your whole town and open up a gym? I could, but it would fail. Well, there, there wouldn't be enough. That's <laughs> like, what I mean. There wouldn't be enough students, right? No, there's not enough people, bro. There's, yeah. Like, we barely have enough people for mm. McDonald's. So we couldn't even... You couldn't even do that, really. I mean... No, not in my hometown. No. It's Maybe a, like the nearest major city. Which is city. crazy, right? Because you grew up there. That's the place in some ways that you're more comfortable associating with than any place else. And you couldn't even do the career that you wanted to do had you not left. No, I Right? Because it's such I, a trap. I honestly say at this point, Singapore is the most comfortable place. This is home for oh, me. Oh, me too. Me yeah. too. I, I've been here like the last, the better half. Like I've been here for like a decade. Yeah. In the most recent decade in like. Yeah. Once yeah. you come here, it's hard to leave, right? Yeah. It's like, I mean, like dude. your upbringing might still be like somewhat American and like somewhat like we remember bonfires when we were in high school and all that stuff. But like, honestly, day to day, like that's not what we're trying. You don't to feel do that anymore. shit. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Singapore's the shit, dude. We, yeah, we, we both. It would be cool. That. Like, let's go on a let's go on a trip. Let's do that, and then be like, oh my god, so good to be good home. to be back. Yeah, that's what it always <laughs> yeah. feels like, right? So good to be home. Oh god, yeah, it's like, like even when I was growing up in the US, like when I went somewhere else, I was like, oh, I need to get the fuck out of there. But when yeah. I leave from here, it's like, eventually, I gotta go back to Singapore. Yeah, no, I'd go there and wear a mega hat for like two two months and <laughs> shoot, wow. shoot guns. <laughs> just to be salacious. Yeah, and you know the funny thing is, like in Singapore, right? Uh, they, they formalize your race. I know it's on your ID cards, right? And which your is religion, cool. which is which is no, I thought I was. It was in uh, Malaysia, maybe. No, I, I was Malaysia. Like, the religion is on the card for sure. The, oh, the religion, yeah. yeah. But uh, I thought I, I thought I was uh, Eurasian, right? Because they said like, oh, I'm, I have an Asian Dude, parent. You're black. I, from I guess. Here, it, yeah, by Singapore standard. I mean, you go to Africa, bro, you're white. I'm sorry. Yeah. But if you go to fucking Nigeria, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you come to Singapore, like, you know. I, I always <laughs> thought, like, okay, so my dad was born in Japan, right? Yeah. My mom was born in the States. I figured, like, I'm actually, like, a bunch of different shit. But people are dumb, and they don't want to hear that. They just want to know. on your point of reference, I think. What, no, it depends on what they want to stereotype against. So oh, yeah. pretty much wherever yeah, I go, that's, there too. that's the whole point of knowing yeah. your race, right? It's so that you can make quick quick um, assumptions about a person without having to get to know them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah You're totally. like, oh, uh, you look like... Uh, and, and it's always the minority tribe wherever I go. So, for example, like in Singapore, if I was talking to a Chinese person, they might look at me and be like, maybe Malay? Because Malay is like the, the bad yeah. guys here, right? But That's if I was like, talking to a Malay, yeah. they'd be like, maybe Chindian? Yeah. Because like you're different. Here in America, right? it's like maybe Mexican. I, yeah. I don't know. Well, it depends <laughs> which part of the country you're in. Whichever yeah, they. That's true. Whatever they That's hate true. the most there. Like if I'm in, if I'm in like uh, the West Coast, they're like, oh, you're black and Asian. If I'm in... Uh, the East Coast, like, oh, you're Puerto Rican. Oh, if yeah, that's South, fair. Like, oh, you're Mexican. Dominican, you yeah. could be Dominican, maybe. If you're in the North, you're like, oh, you're 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 black, white, mixed, like yeah. something like that, right? And so always, always the the uh, local tribe, that's the minority tribe, that's the the game, man. Yeah, it's interesting, man. Yeah, it must be interesting being like honestly, like being a black dude in Singapore. It, it must be quite a trip because I have a my colleague is angolan right yeah. i mean he's from angola so that i don't know man a, i think it's a little bit different because I, i'm the same skin color as most of the people here like the i mean a little bit but like i feel like the real real like african dudes probably have it way different than me it's a different yeah. like social experience isn't that weird right yeah. it's like just different shades of gray even though you're ethnically in some well, ways the same, it's also the, having the american accent too yeah that probably 
But it's more uh-huh. common here than I thought, actually, the American accent. I thought that... Sorry, dude, I got a fucking... Can we take a can we take a quick break? Oh, uh, you see that, Luke? Dude, Luke tapping out once again. I'm trying. This bro. is two times in a row I've tapped out, Luke. I, you He's, don't have to uh, go. got the weak bladder. What the fuck is going on? All right, yeah. guys, Stronghold Podcast. We'll be back shortly. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Hello, everybody. We're back. This is the Stronghold Podcast. I've relieved myself because I have the bladder of like a ten year old girl, and so now I feel like I can go for a solid ten minutes before I have to go again. That's about right. So we got to get in whatever the most interesting content we can get in. But, okay. Major, you got to tell the story. So we, we were just, it's a bit taboo because we're talking about race. We were talking about race, but we're drunk. We don't give a fuck. So we're going to continue. You just told me the funniest shit I've ever heard. Dude, outline that shit for me again. All right. So tell me what you just told me. So in Singapore, right? There's, there's four official races, as we all know, right? You're, there's uh, Malay, Indian, Chinese, and Eurasian. And I figured if I fit into one of those categories, I am not Malay, I'm not Chinese, I'm not, Uri- I'm not uh, Indian, but I have a father who was born in Japan, and I have European blood in my family line, and uh, some of my grandparents carry- have European names, and uh, so I figured, oh, I must be Eurasian, right? Must be, right? That's the only way I fit in here, so... You're also partly black. Uh, yeah, there's that there too, but, I but, mean- but can you trace that? Can you prove it? Like, you might be more black than me, who knows? What if I am? You might be. Can we just talk about the possibilities that I'm actually more black than you? I don't know. We went to the bathroom together. I think you might be, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you, might, you might be more black than me. <laughs> oh. Okay, so go on with what you... <laughs> this is the funniest story I've ever heard. Yeah, no, okay, it's, so it's hilarious. So, so I went to... Uh, uh, when I was applying for my, my PR here... I was like, What right, race I'm- do you think you are, is the question. I've, dude, like I'm a hybrid, bro. I'm a mix. Yeah, you're. Yeah. That's what I mean. You're like, Asian, that's right? what most people are. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like, oh, this is great. They have a they have a category specifically for me. I mean, it covers at least like two of the things that I am. So you yeah. have a Japanese dad and you have a white mother. Is that uh, my mother's? She's mixed. mixed. Like she's she's mixed. got French blood. She's got Native American blood. She's, okay, cool. She's obviously uh, African American as well. But I was. So you're like, you're Blackanese. If they could, if well, they could put it on the. Like I said, you pick the two things that you hate the most, uh, right? <laughs> it was Japanese. They invaded Pearl Harbor. Those blacks, they, they're black. Like, uh, whatever. <laughs> Eating general. up all the fried chicken, breathing all the white man's air. Like, <laughs> of course, right? Like, that's what you pick, right? Like, uh, that's your tribe. Like, those are the minority tribes from where, you, where you're from. But, um, so in Singapore, anyway, again, moving on. From Singapore, like, uh, I was like, all right, I must be Eurasian. Because that's obviously the closer fit, right? Nothing's going to fit perfect. I'm, that's the closer fit. I mean, you obviously have some Asian. You obviously have some European. Yeah, yeah Eurasian. Yeah, makes sense. It makes sense, right? Spoiler alert. Yeah. What's the? <laughs> yeah. So when I go there, they say, "Oh no, we follow the father's side, and your name is obviously um, f- from European origin." I'm like, "Okay, so what are you guys getting at?" They're like, "You're Caucasian." I was like, "Deal." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure. Why not? So basically, long story short, the Singapore government declared you white. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm white. I'm white in Singapore. So. <laughs> I always thought mayonnaise was spicy, so you know, like now I have confirmation of why I believe that's so. Dude, that's fucking hilarious. And what'd you say just now about in the U.S.? Oh yeah, if I if I, if they give me the card that shows my race on that card, I'll be so stoked. Because if I ever get pulled over, I'll be like, "Excuse me, officer, there must be some kind of mistake. I'm obviously Caucasian." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, you get pulled over in the U.S., you'd be like, "Hold on, I'm white. Let's rethink this." Like, okay, oh, rethink sorry, this, officer. Like, uh, we must have made a mistake. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you know this, but I'm kind of white. <laughs> yeah, right. Dude, that's fucking hilarious. The Singapore government thinks you're white. I bet if I took that to a bar, 
in, in, the, American, in the American Midwest and showed people, they'd be like, oh, they, they would laugh at it so hard, they'd probably buy me a drink, you know? <laughs> like, it, it would call you a white Christian, probably, yeah. right? Yeah. You couldn't really say, they don't really let you say non-race here, do they? Non-race? Yeah, you have to pick. You have to, you have to pick a you race. You have to pick a race. Uh, pick sorry, a race. Uh, uh, religion. Oh, no, you can be a free, free thinker. In Singapore. Yeah, you but can I, be I know thinker. that in Malaysia, they make you put the race on the card, which is crazy. They make you pick a race. Yeah, on your ID card, it says. So it's like, I can't think for myself. I have to pick one of these pre, pre, predetermined. race and religion are on your so, ID card. So it, like somebody else's philosophy has to be so popular yeah. that it's mainstream, and I have to pick from those. Yeah, you couldn't be like other. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, you, could, right, right. you couldn't be like that's that's not an option. You got to be, you got to be one of the main religions. Or in Singapore, get the fuck out of here. Like you want to come here with your Scientology? You want to come here with your? Uh, uh, I think you just go free thinker at that point because free thinker is just kind of like I'm free to think whatever I want. Yeah, in Singapore yeah. that flies, but yeah. go to Malaysia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably. Go to the Muslim Chi- the Muslim slash Chi- I mean Chinese countries. If you go to China or any sort of country that's got a lot of Chinese people, then. A lot of them identify as non-religious, but if you're in the Muslim world, like in Indonesia or Malaysia, so yeah, you got to put your race and your religion on your ID card. It's so like apartheid-esque, <laughs> like to have to put your religion and your race on it. Yeah, well, it's like your race. you as a citizen. Your race is objective, but your religion is weird, right? Like, why would they put that on there? Ch- your religion could change. Yeah, exactly. Over time, like it's a philosophy, right? Yes, exactly. I could be like pro-life, and then the next week I could be pro-choice. That's basically what a religion is. It's just like a a set of beliefs that you follow. Yeah, although to be fair, not many people change change religions. You get you get the odd one every yeah. now and again. Yeah, that's probably true. Do your parents identify as anything? Like, were you raised in any particular religion, or did you go to yeah, church? Yeah, I, mean, or anything I, like I grew that? up in America, so actually, it's it's funny. Like, my father uh, was Muslim, a Japanese Muslim guy. Your dad's a Japanese Muslim. Yeah, and according to Singapore, you're white. I know, <laughs> <laughs> right? And, and my mom oh was a Christian. My God. This yeah. is the funniest shit ever. You yeah. are a, a walking enigma of <laughs> yeah. fucking like, oh my God, there's so much going on. That's dude. why like, I'm, I'm so comfortable here. I'm like, everything that I am is here. It's just that it's not like as, I don't, there's no label for me, obviously. They put me as white guy. Yeah, you're so racially ambiguous that you're like a black white person. In Singapore. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... No, that's the funny thing, though, because, like, when I talk to other American guys, I'm like, like, us white guys, we got to, you know, we got to do this. We gotta, like, and nobody, yeah, nobody exactly. bats an eye. They're like, of course. Of course Major's white. <laughs> like, that makes sense. Like, Dude, you should create your own ethnicity. And, like, you know, like, you're the perfect race. You're, like, everything combined into one. You should find a bunch of like-minded people and see how far that can take you up the government. I think it's, it's I think never it's, happened bad historically. I think race things, is pretty so. much nonsense, to be honest. Yeah, it's totally nonsense. It's totally arbitrary. It's the most. The only thing that's less arbitrary, or sorry, more arbitrary, is religion. Yeah, that's because religion is flexible more than your race, at the very least. Yeah, what I think is hilarious is that you assign a religion to a baby. Yeah, I'm I know. Like, uh, yeah, that's weird, right? I'm pretty sure this baby's just thinking titty. We're <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm Things sure haven't, haven't changed like, much since my childhood, so yeah, yeah. my brain still pretty much functions based on, on yeah. that same premise. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> did you, uh, were you raised, like, did you, uh, was it, uh, baptized? Did you get baptized? I don't think so. I mean, that's a weird one, right? I mean, that's a straight up religious ceremony. Yeah. No, it always, it was kind of like, my parents shot me with, hit me with like, 
Islam, Christianity. Did you get any Muslim and stuff? Santa Claus. Did your dad do anything? Like, did well, you do the prayers I never really every day? Or? Work growing up and like, um, yeah, I mean, like a little bit of that stuff. But I mean, in, the, in America, it's a lot more relaxed, I suppose. If you had to pick a religion, what would it be? This is Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. I, was, I was just getting ready to say this is a weird <laughs> conversational <laughs> yeah. line. I'm going. I'm going down right now. But yeah. Yeah. Would you go toward your own, or would you go toward something? Nah, man. I'm do too you much. get Do you get more religious as you get older? Do you find that's happening you know, at all? You know what I think happens. I think people people like uh, everybody probably goes to this stage. Well, I say like all of the people who who go on their own probably go through this stage where they're like that doesn't logically make sense. That's fucking stupid. And then they see like the inconsistencies, especially in like certain religions that have more inconsistencies, right? That have been changed over time. I mean, they all do, right? They're all well, full of inconsistencies. And well, okay. So to be fair, at least Islam has one author to their book. Mm. So that's consistent. And it hasn't changed. So that's consistent. Yeah. Christianity, on the other hand, has had several authors. And they, they change depending on who's ruling the place that they're using the real religion to control the people. So um, there's that. Right, but it's not so much newer religion. It has it has reference points that you can trace directly. It's slightly you know, newer, but it's still pretty fucking old. A thousand years newer, plus. I wouldn't say a thousand. I think it's like six hundred years newer. No, but, I mean if you go to the okay. Judeo Christian, like the old pre Jesus. Oh, okay, if you compared to the Quran, like but that's not really Christianity though. That's yeah. they're waiting on a different guy. Yeah, they're still they, waiting on that guy. But they're still those those Jews are still out there, man. There's <laughs> they're, still, they're still out there, but they're waiting on a different guy. Like that guy was not the guy. So I know isn't that weird? Yeah, it's like it's all a, a, it's all a different version of the same story. It's like no, we're waiting on this guy. No, we're waiting on well, this guy. Most we're, likely, most what are we likely, all waiting on the apocalypse? Yeah, <laughs> it's just the most likely what happened was, was that there was a lot of spoken tradition going around, and people started putting that in words, learning how to read and write, and yeah. that's why a lot of the stories are the same. Yeah, it's a trip. I do find myself honestly like. I guess not becoming more religious as I get older, but you know, it's one of those weird things. Like when I was in my early twenties, I was so skeptical that it seemed like such a more insane idea than now as I get even older. Like <clears throat> I don't claim to be particularly religious and I'm not, but I've had some experiences that like, you know, I, I, you know, I, I can kind of understand what that is mm-hmm. like appreciating life and having that sort of like what you would call a religious experience, which is just basically like, appreciation for like like you know when you, when those people sing like if you're a muslim or you're a christian you're going to church or you're going to the temple or you're doing whatever and, and you're singing in a group uh, you can kind of tap into that state That's where you're like this is my religion because what you're really talking about is a is a fellowship and that's that's from for so many people so much more important than um the actual beliefs like how many people actually know like those fine details of their religion. And I think what ultimately happens is people, people uh, they pursue their religion strongly when they have children because they want to have a set of morals and values for their, for their kid. Or in their old age. Or maybe when you get coronavirus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're on your deathbed. People become yeah. religious real quick yeah. once they start to understand the, f- the fragility of their mortality. Yeah. Right? Like as soon as those serious illnesses beckon, like even non-religious people are praying to God they're... Injuries yeah, and or ailments the, are healed, right? That's a funny thing because, like, I've, I've been, I've, I've taken, I've been on so many planes, right? And a few of them I thought for sure were going to go down. Yeah, I've had a couple of those too. It's fucking scary, right? Yeah. Dude. And, and the funny thing is, I thought, like, if there is a God and he's watching me, or she, or it, or whatever, 
if I bitch out right now, I probably should go straight to hell. What do you mean, bitch out? <laughs> if I bitch out and like beg, right? Because okay, my whole, so my whole, my whole thing had, is okay. Been, so hold on. Have you ever had a, an experience in your life where, for whatever, maybe it's before a fight, maybe it's during a flight, maybe it's where, where like you got hit with that uncertainty? Did you go down that route, or were you like, nope, I never do? Because you're talking yourself down, you're like, I can't do that. I'll be a pussy if I. Do it's that. not. It's not that. It's it's <clears throat> it's that. Uh, I believe that maybe maybe there's a possibility if there is a God. Um, that they put all this stuff out here, like easy fucking ways out. Like I can just bite onto this. I, I'll be a Christian. It's easy. Everybody's like supporting me. I'll be I'll be this it's, or a Muslim. It's easy. Everybody's supporting me, and then that's the easy road. But what if the real road? Like, what if God only wants people who are deep thinkers? What if God only wants people who are like willing to sacrifice uh, the potential of eternal hell to to find the truth? What if that's the real truth? Because all the other ones, it's basically like, I don't know how many people are, are wrong, but I can tell you that no more than one can be right. So your odds of being, picking the right one are pretty yeah. low. Yeah, exactly. You know? So what if, what if the truth is just that you have to you know, like be a good person, whatever the fuck that is. What about something and, that's more like universal in its nature that, that tends to be something that transcends religion because it's, it's a part of multiple, something like karma. Right, because like every religion has some sort of notion of karma, which is like you, you don't do this okay, sinful so act or you will receive this punishment. Or if you do this benevolent act, then the rewards are whatever. Okay, right? so, they, so every here's the catch 22 with, with uh, <clears throat> those, those uh, polytheistic religions or those like. Uh, yeah, but karma transcends that. Karma is not, it's not polytheistic, it's not monotheistic. That's sort of a. Okay, so if you don't have a God to determine what's good or bad. Who's operating this universe that makes uh, justice? Yeah, but there are general understood things that are universally bad, right? Like, no, there's not. But m- everything murder, is good. Or murder is in most. I mean, of you course, you see, can. Go, you have to say most. You can you go down in the weeds. Yeah, you can go down in the weeds, right? And you can yeah. go into like, well, in Papua New Guinea, there are cannibals and all that kind of shit, right? Yeah, right. And, and then you can in get the lost Aztec in the religion. There. They would be like sacrifice and blah 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 blah. But there are general trends that you can observe across multiple religions and the general don't steal don't don't cheat don't kill those are like general things right people understood yeah most cultures that even even in the barbaric ones like if you go to the cultures of Papua New Guinea like they don't they don't murder within their own tribe you know like if you're dealing with us and them the others then all bets are off right but but sacrifice <clears throat> what about sacrifice like the incas and the but they, Mayans they and i think they they sacrificed other people they weren't no, sacrificing they sacrificed their own within hey man there's, were they there's been no were fucking they? there's been no fucking rain we live in a desert we don't know we live in a desert yeah. like and we're going to sacrifice this guy to but please I still, the gods but i still think if you were let's say you were to walk down the street in an aztec culture if you murder somebody the guards are going to fuck you up and they're going to put you in jail and like even if it's not like, if the if the shades of gray like who who should live, who shouldn't, who who are the slaves, who are not, who are the religious this and who are the religious that, like, you know, it gets a bit shady there. But the general, you can't murder somebody walking down the street of your biggest city like without having some shit, right? Because everybody understands to some extent there's a collective agreement that we don't do that, right? Or you're but gonna get punished. Another question is like, does that all come from the same source though? Because you can see there are obviously pyramids. In South America, there are pyramids in Egypt, and before that, there was Hammurabi's Code, which is pretty much an eye for an eye, an eye for an eye, right? Yeah. Like you don't do fucked up shit because you don't want fucked up shit to happen to you. Yeah, and like all that makes sense, company, right? Like all humans are kind of like pr- 
quid pro quo. We're like, okay, yeah, you you don't fuck with me, I won't fuck with you. That's the kind of general understanding, whether it's taking your shit or assaulting you or, you know what I mean, like fucking your wife or, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, there, there are the kind of the general rules that happen, but the, there's no question that it's it's a really subjective thing, like, you know, what what's acceptable and what's not. But I don't even know, where the fuck were we going with this train of thought? <laughs> we're talking. We're talking more about like uh, universal right and wrong. I think yeah, you were talking about Hammurabi's code, dude. I haven't heard that shit since middle school. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Yeah. Gandhi said, "An eye for an eye leaves everybody blind." That makes sense. So even that, right? Yeah, it's I mean, kind of like a, old school cultures could do that, but you couldn't do that nowadays. An eye for an eye, but that's what we do in Singapore for sure. Yeah, well, it's, it's more like it's more like a it's more like an eye for a fingernail here. Yeah, they're, they're still pretty strict here. Dude, you know what's weird? Like, there's, there's a lot more violent crime than you, you think that goes on in Singapore. Because I, I have, like, I have people that train here and people that I talk to. Like, I have a bunch of people that I know in my years here that have, like, been in jail or are going to jail or are doing, like, under some investigation for something. Like, it's quite a lot. Hmm. It's, it's pretty surprising. You don't really think of having that much shit here, but a lot of foreigners come here and get in fights. That's one thing I've seen over and over and over again the longer I spend time here is that a lot of foreigners come here and get in fights and then get in trouble. That's how we talk. I know. <laughs> I know, but then you come here and you're like, oh, cool, here's, here's a year in Changi Prison. Cool. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed it. I might be the biggest guy in Changi Prison. I'm not sure. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that might be all right. If I'm Bubba, <laughs> like, well, give me those ramen are. noodles, bitch. You hope you're, you're short, dude. There might yeah. be some six foot seven fucking huge dude in there. You don't know. But he's going to be all fucking skinny. He doesn't know jiu-jitsu. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't know jiu-jitsu. Know jiu-jitsu yeah. dude. He'll take his back. No problem. Yeah. I'll leg kick that guy. Yeah, let's talk about some MMA. I mean, the thing is, there's not much to talk about. Every, nah. The whole world is on pause at the moment. Yeah, which is... Uh, yeah, it's it's strange, right? I mean, there's nothing. There's no fights. The most recent fight was... What the fuck was the most recent fight? I don't even remember, man. I don't even remember either. That's crazy. Yeah. The, the, the supposed to Tiffany's be, fight was... The yeah, sim- sim- yeah. most recent fight in Singapore, for Tiffany's sure. Tiffany's supposed to be come on the podcast. God damn it. But, uh, I, Tiff's a house cat, bro. She I does know. what she wants. Well, I fucked it up because we were supposed to schedule one on Saturday, last Saturday, and then I had to cancel because I scheduled two things at the same time. And then she was supposed to come in on Sunday, and then she canceled that because she wasn't feeling great, and then we haven't got it back. But, yeah, dude, you're training the top contender in the, the female division. You got stiff fucking test in front of you if she's going to fight Zhang Nan in the next fight. But she's fucking smoke panda, dude. Now 100% even, she will. Dude, it's a dude, different Tiffany now. fucking Panda's jacked. still same stiff-ass fucking Chinese girl walking forward, throwing big-ass She's big smooth on the feet, though, dude. She's panda? smooth on the feet. She's smooth on the feet against girls who don't fucking have angles. Yeah. She's she just walks forward just like, I don't know. Well, here's the, here's the thing, right? They fought before. Yeah. And then Tiffany lost that fight. But there's no question Tiffany's better now than she was then. Yeah. And panda she's looks won a couple same. fights since. Exactly the same. Yeah, that's true. I, yeah. I agree with you there. Tiffany's got definitely more room to improve. But the good thing about Tiffany, man, is like she's not getting enough respect, but she's she's the most highly she's the highest ranked Singaporean fighter in the world. Of all time. Yeah. I mean of right now for sure. Yeah. She's num- she's the number one on the professional level Singaporean fighter. Yeah. Of all Real time, Singapore. Bro. Real Singaporean, yeah. Yeah. Of all time. 
Did she fuck up Angela too? She's she's top twenty or thirty in the world on the podcast, but she would smoke Angela. You can say whatever you want in this yeah, podcast, dude. Chachi is not my business daddy. You can say whatever the fuck you want. All right. Well, she can beat all the Hawaiians then too. Whatever. Hey, <laughs> settle down. Settle down. That's America. That's part of America. That's part of America. Okay. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not America. America. Yeah, dude. She's. I mean, she's top thirty in the world. Top twenty. You can make the argument, but she does have a a, a tasty rematch. Coming with Zhang Jingnang, yeah. I mean, if that's the fight that, that happens, that's because she has lost, so there's there's a psychological element there, but then of course, the skill development that was what two years ago, bro. If you beat the two girls that she beat, I think your confidence goes to that. Roof. That that last fight was that was her breakout performance, in my opinion, yeah, because that girl was tough. She fucked everybody up before that. She got her in the scarfold, she got her in the what was the, the Japanese girl's name, Ayaka Ayaka. She got her in the position she wanted to. She throws everybody, head and arm toss, puts him in the scarf hold, beats him up or submits her. She got her in that position early on in the first round and was just holding it, was doing her thing. But, dude, Tiffany's a dog, man. She hung in there. No, she's, she fucking wants me to have a heart attack. I think she does that shit on purpose. Because, <laughs> honestly, like, I'll be like, all right, Tiff, we've got to avoid this position, but we're going to have layers of defense. And then she'll, like, God damn it, like our, our, whole, our whole crew, same crew every time, right? Like, well, the last two fights. Same crew. It's uh, me, Dom, and Kaishong, right? And it's kind of like division of labor, right? I'm like a, the head coach, and I oversee the whole thing, and I'll tune up the jiu-jitsu, but I'll say what to work on in the wrestling, what to work on in the striking, that kind of shit, right? Yeah. And then Dom and Kaishong will kind of take care of that. And uh, Tiffany will always just fucking jump in the worst fucking position possible in the fight and then look at me and then, like, kind of give me a wink. Yeah, that's the first round. I'm like, I'm like, why do you do this to me? Like, you know, I'm old. Like, don't don't play with my emotions like this. But that's then she'll get out and then she'll she do the what cardio, she does, bro. She yeah. can go. She can like, go. why do you always do this? Like, I mean, there's no question that uh, I think I talked about Tiffany's fight on the podcast with Will. Yeah. And I mean, you know, dude, if I'm scheduling her training camp, there's two things I'm doing: like striking defense and like range. Number one, right? Because if Tiffany can fight an MMA fight, she can win. I, I firmly believe that. But, like, mm. if you get caught in that range, like, she, her bo- like Zhang Jingnan's boxing range is, she's fucking dangerous. Zhang so, Jingnan is like a dumb man who just stands in the pocket and throws heavy punches. Yeah, she's got like, heat in the pocket, dude. I can, I can deal with that. Yeah, no, there's definitely this is a not like This is not 2000. No, no, no. But you have to. Tiffany. This is the Exactly. Yeah. But that's the important thing is that you, that, that, the strategy's there. I mean, there's just no question, mm-hmm. right? If she can fight an MMA fight, if she can grapple, she can take down, she can punch, she can kick. Then okay, but if she gets caught in that boxing range for too long, it yeah. could be that could be a problem. But and she's also the, there's a psychological layer because they've already fought. But one of the things that that's been really good about um, her last two fights is that she has a really good understanding of uh, not only range but like distance and um, all those things. Because like when you're when you're thinking about somebody who's going to try to take you down. You have to keep your feet moving, right? Yeah. It's the same thing. It's just it's just a different thing. But at, at the same time, like, if someone's just going to stand in front of you and just, like, bite down on their mouthpiece, plant their feet, dig their fucking toenails into the canvas, and throw man punches at you, it's the same shit. Yeah. Is, is somebody who's just trying to, like, take you down with no setup. Oh, well, it's yeah. It's the same shit. That's why I'm saying diversity and layers are going to be yeah. the key to Tiffany's, like... It, I think she's got the more well-rounded skill set. She's the most but well-rounded it, fighter in all of Asia, I would say, for, for females. But in particular areas, and that's really the secret to next-level competition, right? Yeah. Is because 
dude, listen, if you're, if you're a pro fighter, you're like a, a brown belt or a black belt, and you're like a brown belt, a black belt, or even a purple belt in multiple areas. This is why, like, you know, do you ever watch boxing trainers break down fights? Mm-hmm. Dude, I mean, because boxing is so specific. You know, in MMA, you're dealing with a lot of generality. Yeah. Because you have to mix the punching, the kicking, the knees, the elbows, the wrestling, the submissions, the clinching, whatever. Yeah. And it's, it's becomes this very like large thing that it's it's hard to control but if you look if you break it down into single elements the jiu-jitsu game the muay thai game the boxing game or whatever you can refine a lot within a, a small area right yeah but, but at the same time the premise for boxing the premise for jiu-jitsu the premise for wrestling is to put a bunch of artificial conditions uh, in place. That's why MMA is so amazing cuz yeah. it's free flow. You could actually be better at boxing, jiu-jitsu and wrestling or or striking jiu-jitsu and wrestling and get your ass kicked in an MMA fight against the person because the person is actually better to blend those things together. Yeah, well, they look, at, look like, at GSP taking down Koscheck and taking down Fitch and taking down everybody. Yeah. He wasn't even a wrestler. No. But that that intangible area of his game mm. with the specifically the MMA distance with combined mm-hmm. with wrestling, right? Like if you're wrestling, this is your distance. If you're boxing, this is your distance. If you're kickboxing, this is your distance. But if it's MMA, who can close that distance uh, most effectively with the range of their strikes changes the whole game, right? Like yeah. then you're in totally new areas. And I think Tiffany has a, a better skill set in that area. There's no question. But then it's like, can you uh, mitigate the time and the energy that she spends in these particular phases of the fight? So that's why really, really specific training becomes so much more important. Like you see in boxing or in jujitsu, because, you know, if you know what someone's tendencies are, and you know what areas to take them out of with the fight. With MMA, strategy is so much more important than general base skill set. Yeah. Because the, the areas that you can affect in the fight are so huge because each range is different. Each level of techniques is different. And somebody like uh, Zhang Jingnan, who's maybe more of a classical striker in the boxing, kickboxing range, she might be uh, a 10 there. But if you can mitigate the amount of time she spends in that range her skill level is going to tick down and tick how, down. How well then, is she going to be able to effectively strike if she's worried about takedowns? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And conversely, like, is Tiffany able to create the scenario where she's in her range rather than Zhang Jinan being in her range? Because that's the whole game, yeah. right? It's like, if you stay, if, you, if you're with a really good person, like, like with you, there's positions that I just don't want to be in when I'm training with you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, if you get me in a turtle or you get me in a crucifix or you get me in some weird, uh, you know, you have, you've got a lot of explosive strikes while you're closing the range. Like even mm. when you fought Bernard Pucci, you know, you're like faking high, faking low, coming up with head kicks, like the, like changing the, the distance and closing the gap. You're really dangerous in that area. So I don't, I don't want to be there with you. I want to be in or out. Mm. I want to, whatever it is, right? Because mm. in the gap changing and that you're super dangerous, and like when you can break it down to like a really technical level, you, dude, she's beatable. Zhang Jinan is beatable, and but um, uh, Tiffany would need to employ a wide range of skill set and be able to dictate the areas that the fight takes place. The fun thing about this fight, it's like it's like one of those things where like you ever been in a situation where you know you or the person that you're coaching is going to smoke this girl or this person and uh, nobody's seen the skill set yet. Yeah. Like I knew that when I fought Bruno, I knew that when I fought like uh, several fights, you know, people like still thinking like two years back version of you. Right. And I, I know what Tiffany can do. And I've, uh, I've seen her uh, do a lot of these things in the gym, but they keep giving her the same kinds of fights. I'm like, cool. Don't let them Dude, know I, what you can do. I, rem- <laughs> like, <laughs> I remember insider alert. You told me that when, 
they offered Tiffany this fight. You were like, dude, they're trying to fuck her. Yeah. You were like, they're trying to fuck her. They're giving her this like this crazy fight, this really really tough chick. And you were like, you told me you're like, you know, you're gonna. They're trying to feed her to someone. Mm. Is what you you were saying. Like they're yeah. trying to do this, and you're like, it's not gonna happen. Because yeah. her skill level is already good enough to deal with that kind of shit. Yeah. So they, they threw her a specialist, somebody who's a judo person who gets in those positions. Yeah. But you know, have enough experience that you can be like, okay, we, we have to survive these positions. And maybe Tiffany, Tiffany also like being like, put her, <laughs> being like, sorry, I'm stuck here. I guess now we got to fight out. of. <laughs> yeah. You got to assume the worst, dude. When it comes to fight training, like put yourself well, in the bad positions, assume the uh, worst. The thing, thing with Tiff now at this point, she, I think she really does 100% believe what I say. If I say, Tiff, you can beat this girl, she would be like, all right, I guess I can because you She trusts you. Yeah, she trusts me. She knows. Like, I've never lied to her before. I've never said that you can beat somebody that you can beat. So I, I've, I've told her, like, when she was uh, on the regional circuit, like, even I would say, like, this fight's going to go like this. You're going to end up in Mount. You're going you're gonna to smash this girl from Mount. Like, I, I would, like, call the fights out. Like, uh... I know we we, we yeah. missed out of a good match between Charmaine and Tiffany. That kind of bummed me out. <laughs> kind of bummed me out, dude. <laughs> Tiffany's so big. though. I know she. she I know it, it'd be a problem for Charmaine. There's no question. <laughs> There's no. But I, I would have liked to have seen. Just be like, what's, what's going on over here? <laughs> yeah. Let's see what we're dealing with here. I, you know, as coaches, you kind of fantasize about shit like yeah, that. Yeah. Even with, if you lose, you're like, okay, but I'm gonna get a look. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get yeah, a look, yeah, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's. But she's fucking awesome, man. She she fought. She fought in that fight, and then two weeks later, she competed at the shoot tournament. Yeah, the just right after she got her purple. That's what I love, man. Because it's like it's just like stay humble, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a superstar, whatever. Who's a fuck, dude? Yeah. Improve yourself. Yeah, just go, go to a local go grappling compete. tournament. Get better. It's good for you. Yeah. You, you, I'm too big to be here. Like you see that shit with a lot of people. Yeah. They're, they're oh, afraid. Yeah. They're afraid oh, to yeah. show like, oh, what if I lose to some guy who only does jujitsu? Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, then you get better. That's dumbass. important. Like that's, that's so important. Yeah. Yeah, that's why even like some like Benedict Ong, I really appreciated mm-hmm. him taking that match with your guy Kashong because yeah. like, like Ben doesn't give a fuck. He'll he'll go out there like you know you get those evolved people like there's not many evolved people who are willing to go out there and compete in just tournaments. Yeah, because there's something about being the evolved fight team, being on the evolved this, being involved that, and you don't want to go out there and compete because if you fail, you know it reflects quite heavily on you. I, I appreciate someone like Benedict Ong who goes out there and he tries. Benedict said everything, bro. Dude, I know. I, I he's, pre- he's a real martial artist. I know. In my opinion. Like, I know. Out of all the guys there, yep. I respect him the most. Totally. Yeah. You can tell. And, like, one of the things I really like about Ben is if he, if you took it all away from him tomorrow, if mm. you took everything away, the money, the fight, he would still be training. Yeah, for you, sure. You know, but you know that 100%. with him. Yeah. Like, it's in him. Yeah. And I, I really I see that appreciate guy. Wrestling that. tournaments, kickboxing matches. Yep. Doesn't matter. Jiu-jitsu, I saw him fight. Shit. I've show seen up. him live fight. Like, I think I saw him fight at UB. Yeah, but SFC, he's everywhere. I saw he's him everywhere. Jiu-jitsu, wrestling. Not give a shit. Like, yeah, good for him, man. Does not give a shit. Good for him. He doesn't. He doesn't like feed into that shit at all. Which yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's quite rare for those evolved guys to so to see him go out there and just do the thing. It's, it's yeah, because I think a lot of them. I mean, like when there's big money behind you, you maybe like you don't want to take like unnecessary risk. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Especially, but I mean, it's important to remember for him. He's young. Like he's in his twenties and shit. So yeah, yeah, dude. It's, it's he's a purple imagine, belt imagine if they blue, hadn't blue purple I don't know what he is but you know yeah, something I don't like know. that imagine if they hadn't thrown him in the spotlight so soon how 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 much more he could have developed I appreciate that he took time though yeah I don't know if he wants to fight he hasn't fought in a few years so a couple years whatever it is so I, I don't know if that's what he's what he's keen on doing but I at least appreciate the fact that he's willing to take time and still compete because yeah. he fought a couple years ago I, I don't know if he's coming off a loss or whatever but he he has lost. And so I know that he's still training. He puts up his technique videos, and he's competing and doesn't give a fuck. That's the most yeah. important thing. Yeah, that's cool. 
That's how you make your progress. Because, man, that guy's got, like, I feel like I didn't even hit my prime until my mid-30s. So imagine that guy, if he's, like, on that pathway, if he's going to go that long, he's got forever, bro. Totally. Just get good. You know, just just Yeah, this is a long game, bro. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I feel like I'm as good now as I've ever been. But, yeah, it wasn't until, like, my late 20s, early 30s where I even felt like I could compete with people who weren't just, like, hobbyists. You know what I mean? Like No, I would say, like, 30 to, like, 33 was when I felt like... Prime. Yeah, I could fight anybody. Like at that at that age, you know, like I could, I might not win, but I could. You could throw down. I could throw down with them. Yeah, make a fight. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Yeah. And you get the confidence too at that point. Yeah. Because, dude, in my early twenties, like I didn't have confidence. I was just like, blind confidence maybe, yeah. but not rational confidence. Not like, oh, I've actually trained enough to be able to beat this person most of the time. Yeah. No, it was like, oh, there's a chance. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, there's a, there's a chance I could win this shit. Yeah, it's a but now we're all in. We're all just stuck progress is slowing down the human species is taking a collective sigh and you i don't know, know man hold the fort down i think this will really separate people who 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 really want it from people who don't you know like if you if i were a young guy in in this situation right now i would just be studying the game so much right now and maybe my mental game would just go up so much you know if I couldn't train, or just rest, heal. Like I mean, there's well, little that, things. That while if you're, you're committed, looking, yeah. While you watch fights, study fights. You know, a month. How, how long is a month really? Like if you pop your ACL, how long is a month? Well, that was our uh, thought when we were closing the gym. We're like, okay, okay, you have to honestly, objectively decide how much damage are we going to take in a month? Can we pay the rent? Can we rebound? Are the students going to come back? Are they going to like? You know, you take a month off, they're not going to come. Maybe they're going to wait six months. Maybe, you know, you have to have all these conversations with yourself when you're deciding something mm-hmm. like closing down your business or whatever the hell was. And, and we just all thought finally when we decided to close, like, look, we have all these students and we have all this kind of stuff, but we think most of our students are loyal and they're going to come back in a month. Like, this doesn't shut down everything entirely. Like, this the coronavirus and all that kind of stuff, like... If you want to be good at martial arts, if you want to put the time in, you got to put the time in. Like, if you can't handle a month off, mm-hmm. you know, you're well, not the kind of clients that we can we can count on because this is a lifestyle. You know, you, yeah. you need people to sign up for and put years and months and months and of in, into training to really reap the benefits. So, if your business plan is to count on the the short term people and you're worried about losing those, like you, you know, it's just, it's not sustainable anyway. Yeah, that's true, and I think that's that's probably one of the things that we do well is we have a we have a real culture of, of martial arts, you know? And so these guys, like, really want to be here. And they want the gym to be here when they come back. They don't want to go to some McDonald's place. Yeah. Even the, reg- like, the people that work in the, bi- like, you know, hobbyists. Yeah. People that are just working, doing whatever. They, they come in the after work. the majority of most gyms, to most, be honest. Most gyms, totally. But, but the funny yeah. thing is, like, those, those hobbyists, they get to a certain level where, like, they can come in twice a week and they can be a good training partner for a person like Tiffany or a person like Kaishong or a person like... Or even a UFC level guy, you know. Oh yeah, I know tons of them. They're learning the real shit. They're not doing dude. Most of the people that I know, MMA or bullshit dude, like that. Once you get to black belt, brown belt, like most of the most of the people that you meet are just hobbyists who are fucking badasses. Yeah. The, the professional fighters, th- those are few and far in between. Yeah. But without a question, there are the hobbyists who I see that tap out the professional fighters. You oh know what yeah, I mean? of course. That's the best. Yeah. That when I see that, because it's good for everybody. It's yeah. good for the it's good for the twenty four year old professional fighter to get tapped out by a thirty six year old fucking accountant. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. For Dude, sure. it's good for everybody because number one, that that accountant has put the time in. 
Yeah. And he might not be physically the most whatever, but he, he's put the time in. So if, if you bring your young self in and you're super explosive and you think all these things and then you come in and you get tapped out by even a girl. Dude, like, dude, Deborah and Charmaine Trainer. Deborah, you know Deborah? She's a savage. Dude, Deborah is one of the best jujitsu females in Singapore, without question. Yeah, she's, for sure. I just gave her a third stripe a couple on a purple belt yeah. a couple weeks ago or whatever. But there's no question she's one of the best in Singapore. 100%, no, no question. Yeah. She's beat a lot of yeah. a lot of really good people that everybody knows in Singapore. And I put her with the blue belt, two or three stripe blue belt guys, and she'll fuck them up. Yeah. She choked a dude unconscious. <laughs> you know him. I, I won't say who it is, but. Uh, as a guy, a, a real big, strong Russian guy came in. Or <laughs> you can't whatever. say that. Now I know who. No, I have several is. Russians. I've oh, got like five. Yeah, yeah. Got five. At Give least me a five. Russian. I'll trade you one. I have a five. <laughs> so you get any black guys? And, no, uh, one. Just I need, the, I need some just fast switch. Zozo. My, my, my camp over there. And you know when <laughs> when uh, Deborah choked this dude out, it was you know it's kind of like yeah. yeah because everybody can see you know so it's like it's not a big deal like he he was cool and everything but. Dude, when a 70-kilo girl chokes a fucking dude out unconscious who's way bigger than her, way stronger than her, you realize. You're like, oh, okay, this is what's going on here. There's no cheats. There's no – even if you're a professional or amateur fighter coming in, rolling with a girl who's more experienced than you, you might get choked out. I'll say, though, to be fair, like in the last three and a half years that I've had a gym, most of the time somebody goes unconscious, it's to a girl. I you know. know, you know what it is. Though? The ego, they, they, yeah, no, it's bro, the ego. They, it's they're the thinking ego. like, oh no, I'm safe, I'm safe. I'm. So, oh, why are you in my house? Why are you in my house? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's how a, it goes, right? It's a combination of yeah. I'm safe and I, I, I'm. I'm not gonna tap with this. I'm gonna get out. Like, yeah. no, no question. I'm yeah, gonna get out. Yeah. All right, dude. I'm gonna pee one more time. Can we take another? Quick You're gonna have break? two breaks. Two breaks. Yeah, two two breaks. We'll come back. We'll do 20 minutes. Finish up, and then we'll, we'll bounce. All right, everybody. Stronghold Podcast. Right. We'll be back soon. Hello, everybody. This is the Stronghold Podcast, and we're back. Major and I are... What beer number are we on, dude? I don't know. I think... uh, two, three, four, five, six. Do you have any beside you? We had at least several. I had whiskey. You had whiskey. I'm a little little buzzed right now, man. I'm not going to lie. That's what I do to you. It makes it... (laughs) Exactly. How many beers did we have the last podcast? Oh, we had way more. We had way more. I think... Is it the record? 20... Plus, 22, 25, something like that. That's the record. That sounds about right. That's the kind of friend I am. I may have had more with, uh, not more, not more in total. You're, you're number one in terms of total, but in terms of alcohol content, I don't know. Because yeah. with, with Greg and uh, my friend James, we were drinking like 7 8% IPAs. I was, dude. Greg, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> we did the podcast like this. We went at least, I think Wugong said the podcast was like two and a half hours. We went way over. We were so wrecked. We're drinking like eight percent IPAs. Like by the time Greg had to go and fucking puke, <laughs> we were, we're, we're sitting here talking like you and I. I'm thinking he's fine. All of a sudden he's like, "Dude, I'm gonna go to the bathroom." He goes and he fucking pukes. He comes back. We're so wrecked, like we can't even. So I think I was more drunk on a previous one, but mm-hmm. your previous podcast definitely has the most total consumed alcohol. Well, a good half of that was like uh, after the podcast too, right? Mm. Yeah. Which I suspect is the case in, with this one also. When we start fucking exchanging jiu-jitsu techniques yeah. like, on the mats. It's going to get worse uh, yeah. before it gets better. Yeah, 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 yeah for it's sure. It's going to get worse before it gets better, dude. So, like, uh, dude, it's, it's so weird because do you – so, during this month off, w- w- what's the best move? What, what are you going to do? Like, are you, are you going to lay low? Are you going to – 
Because the, there's some benefit to this. I know that a lot of people are trying to train and they're trying to like isolate and stay healthy and all that kind of shit. But I'm telling you, man, like I'm pretty happy about this. Like, when was the last I time mean, you got I'm a not, month off? No, I'm uh, a okay. Month. So let's be fair. Like, let's clarify. You're not happy that this is happening. No, but but there's silver linings. Yeah, there's silver linings for sure. Like, uh, what have you been doing the last three days? You fucking secretive <laughs> motherfucker. What have you been doing? Everybody I'm knows major is fucking secretive. What do you got going on? Yeah, dude? I'm pretty sneaky. Yeah, <laughs> no, I've, been, sneaky I've been, I've been, I've uh, been. I guess I've been kind of doing stuff. I guess, but uh, by the way, you could not sound sketchier than what you just. I guess I've been doing stuff. I guess I've been doing some yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What have yeah. you been doing, dude? No, I went to IKEA. I was like, oh. I'm gonna, I'm gonna decorate the house a little bit, like, uh, but. Um, as far as like training goes and stuff like that, like uh, this is a good time for me because it's you know like to be a, to be a good coach you always have to be ahead of the curve. So now I'm gonna go and like watch a lot of fights and watch some DVDs and shit. Well, not DVDs so much because like, there's no fights to watch, man. The, like my the coach, like he always says, like boha, these guys lie. Uh, <laughs> they, yeah. These guys lie. They yeah. they get you killed, you know. Like when you when they're giving they're just trying to produce dvds and they're putting shit out there that like may or may not work you know so if you want to get good you watch fights you watch Let, fights well, let's do some little uh some some jujitsu martial arts talk what do you what are you doing in the gym these days i mean i know we're closed down but like what are mm. you what's the new shit are you, what are you into these days training wise uh i'm not really into the hip stuff anymore you know like I, are you doing like outside heel hooks like not not like you know like Lachlan Giles shit where you're doing like the outside Senkakus and yeah. stuff like that Are you nah, that's like six that? months ago bro I was like okay so you're right yeah so fuck you how about that yeah I don't I'm not doing any of that shit yet remember like after the last podcast I, I was I was showing lock. you I was showing you the the red outside belt Senkaku. guillotine that's what I remember well, red belt guillotine but yeah. I was also showing you the outside Senkaku like yeah Can't so I always try to keep to keep up to date like on the cool shit like because I know it's like being in style with jitsu is important, you know, because people are going to ask you questions. So I try to like find that stuff before they're going to ask that question and and run through it. Yeah, like try it out. See, what are the you problems like full are. on MMA? What do you if you had to like? What, what, okay, so like let's say that we, you know, Major Overall has the fucking the you know he has the the number one opinion of everything. What, what's your style, man? Like if you had to, your golden student, your number one like most. You know, uh, skilled student of all time. What do they look like? Are they are they a hybrid? Are they a mostly striker? Are they a grappler? Are they a submission specialist? Like, cause you're a black belt, you're but you're a diverse striker. Also, you got some flash with your techniques and shit. So, like, what's the what's the ultimate end for like? What's your prototypical student? Like, what's that look like? Okay, so ideally, right? What I what I uh, go after is like uh, I I feel like there's three styles of jujitsu, right? There's uh there's your gi, you know, and that's going to be more like in the shape of like, like your IBJJF Classical jiu-jitsu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't even know if it's classical. That's, that's probably like your modern like sport jiu-jitsu, you know. Yeah. And there's like your no-gi sub only, right? Where like if, it, if you take away the points, can you still adapt? Can you still make it work? And then there's the MMA, like when we add in the punches, like which is probably the most important. Like to me, that's like... That's real self-defense, cause like, cause they don't train that in jiu-jitsu classes, but that's real for MMA. Like, well, I wouldn't say they don't train that in jiu-jitsu classes. Some guys like really do value the old school jiu-jitsu, where where you have like the self-defense and all that stuff. But it's pretty but, few and far in between at this well, point. Well, okay, so I've been to some self-defense based schools, 
like around the world. I've gone to like some in Portugal. I've been to like horse horse Gracie gyms and stuff like that. It's like that Gracie shit, right? Where it's like you know, like someone throws a jab, you you step in, you block, you hip toss to the ground. Like. Well, okay. So to be fair, like if you're fighting an untrained guy, it works pretty well. Mm. It works pretty well. But my thinking is always. But your style is way more new age than that. Like yeah, no, because I mean, my thinking is always my, my thinking has always been like, uh, if we can't beat like the best of the best with it then fuck it. It doesn't work. Yeah, if it doesn't work on the best people, yeah. what are we doing? Yeah, because then we're not, you know, what are, what are we doing here, you know? I, I always train, I, like, I jokingly say, like, it was the most, the biggest nightmare in the world would be like, okay, like, of course, a Brazilian, Brazilians are the most badass, right? But I say a Brazilian on steroids, like, jokingly, like, a Brazilian on steroids, like, he's, he's, yeah, he's that's, fucking... That's he's, a way bigger problem. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's a, a powerful guy, <laughs> like, yeah. he's got all the skills, like, yeah, 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 yeah. He's been doing it since he was a little Fuck kid, yeah, like, dude. a Brazilian on steroids, like, if it doesn't work on a Brazilian on steroids... That won't work at all. Then dot, 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 it doesn't work, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, that, yeah, that's, totally. we shouldn't, like, so, like, we train for this, like, uh, imaginary monster, right? Like, yeah. these are, like, white belts, blue belts, and I'm like, it's hey, the hey, MMA boogeyman. We need to be on steroids, dude. Like, on steroids, bro. If it doesn't work on them, fuck your training. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If it doesn't work on a Brazilian on steroids, I'm like, I'm like, hey, that's a good move, but it won't work on a Brazilian on steroids. You might be able to tap a trial guy with it. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the joke. You, know, you can tap the trial guy with it, but the Brazilian so, on steroids, like. So, what would you say were, like, some. I don't know. I'm trying to just boil this down to like some characteristics of your style that you. What's like a, a really common couple techniques that we'll see like with your style? Like, uh, you know, what's something that you preach to your students more more so than another coach? Like, is there a combo or a combo to a, a takedown or a transition or something? Obviously, your crucifix is. But that's I've mine. never. That's your. That's, that's very exclusively mine. Yeah, and that's I, the, and totally I find yours. that when I try to teach that, no one like, else has that but you. That's what I mean. That's the kind of shit I'm talking about. Yeah, like some guys can. Uh, be one or two guys can pull it off, but what I really try to do, why I think like my own game has been hindered a little bit, is because I try to like explore so much, like uh, and and be proficient, at least put people on the right path for things. So um, one of the things I try to do is not have a particular style. Like we're not all going to look the same. If you fight three highlight reel guys, you're going to have three different problems, for sure. Like that's going to be how how our style goes. You know, like. If, this guy is long and lanky. I'm like, all right, I'm going to give you a game. This guy is short and stocky. All right, I'm going to give you a game. This guy is like, he likes weird shit. I'm like, all right, cool. We'll give you a game too. Orthodox. Yeah. Know. And it's like, yeah, granted, like I teach people this, like the class, the same stuff. But at the end of the class, when I pull people aside, I'm like, hey, man, like this will work for you. Like, hey, man, this will work for you. You know, like different, different guys, yeah, different that's games. That's the good thing about it, being a yeah. coach like that, right? Is you can yeah. kind of see like, dude, for your style, this is the shit. You know? Yeah. Like this is the stuff you should do. Yeah. It's, it's always interesting, right? Because like, uh, I think when, you know, because you, you're, you're an MMA fighter. I mean, number one, you, you've got a, a combination of skill sets. But one of the most fun things that you can do as a coach, I do it all the time, is I tell people like, one person is the pressure fighter, one person is the counter fighter. Mm. One person is the boxer, one person is the kickboxer. One person is trying to like, jab wrestle mm. you know just like throw the jab get the takedown like one two takedowns keeping it nice and simple and the other person's trying to clinch like you can you can play those games where it's like it's a really fun experiment to be like okay this person is the boxer this person is the taekwondo striker or this mm. person is the puncher this person is the kicker you can like really get into fun role-playing games where you give yourself a style that you need to learn how to adapt with and it's really important for young fighters because something like how do you fight when you fight the pressure guy how do you fight when you fight the counter striker? Because you, you could have the same skills, but depending on which area of the game you dictate the pace to, whether it's dictated upon you or you dictated upon somebody else, like what range are we in? 
And if we're playing like, okay, you're the you're the teeper, one two jabber, right? And the other person is like the has to get inside, penetrate the pocket with combinations, and go for takedowns. That's the, mm. one of the best games you can play with because the weakness at the higher levels, like we were talking about earlier, is mismatching, uh, mix mashing the styles, mm. right? Like, can you implement your game plan? Can your game plan be more flexible? Can your game plan adapt to the, the strategies that your opponent is using? Ultimately, All of these things are being more flexible is going to be more beneficial. Totally. That's yeah. how the MMA fighter wins. Yeah. Right. That's how the well, MMA that's, fighter that's beats the boxer. That's what real jiu-jitsu is. Beats the real jiu-jitsu guy. isn't like I only can win if I have points via the IVA, IBJJF strategy. That's bullshit. Bro. The old school jiu-jitsu was fucking Valetudo. Yeah. Well, it was. It was ready for anything. Like, you want me to take my gear off? We'll fucking take your gear yeah. off then. Yeah, you want exactly. to throw punches? We'll throw punches. Jiu-jitsu guy still wins. And that's, that's the jiu-jitsu that I believe in. Yeah. I believe in being able to adapt to anything. That's, what, that's why I like my guys. Like, I don't care if you're going to be an MMA fighter or not. Come to MMA class, bro. Because yeah. you, you'll have to learn how to adapt. You yeah, have it'll to be awkward to as fuck. Strikes into it'll be awkward, yeah, right? but you'll, you just, you'll learn to adapt. Yeah, that, that's the biggest one. Is like Number one is the, the, the two biggest hurdles I see as a coach mm-hmm. are like striking on the ground. Mm-hmm. That's number one. From the, you know, from taking the MMA lens as opposed to like the pure jiu-jitsu, or the pure, it's the striking on the ground. Yeah. And then it's the usually the fitness and the cardiovascular drop off that you get from combining striking with grappling. Those are huge. Yeah, points where all my students drop off. Energy systems, yeah, man. Yeah. Exactly. It's like yeah. when you can punch and do jiu-jitsu. Like you know, if, if we're rolling it for like six minutes, I, I can pass your guard and I can chill there for a minute. I can recover. Or if like I'm in your guard, you're in my closed guard. Like you're in my closed guard in jujitsu, you might be in some trouble. You're in my closed guard in MMA. That's a different animal. Right? Yeah, you're you're in some trouble. Yeah, now. you're in some trouble. And Luke versus Luke. Top Luke is fucking up. Bottom Luke <laughs> like from from and closed then, guard. Yeah. Like, you got to try to pick your spaces to rest. But but then if you rest with people, when they punch in you, shit's different. And then the biggest one I see, the biggest drop off is the change between the cardiovascular energy that you have from the fast twitch wrestling explode isometric strength static control where it's like i'm gonna throw a punch i'm gonna transition to a takedown that's extremely explosive when i get you to the ground now we're all dealing with isometric strength i have to pin you down right and yeah. then it's like but that's the thing that you don't get in jiu-jitsu is because yes you don't get it's, that it's, it's that fourth direction of like relaxing and throwing strikes then exploding into an extremely when you watch jiu-jitsu, when you watch like jiu-jitsu trying to be used in like in street fights it's the the biggest problem is that guys never defend against people trying to get up that's why that returns keeping people down what yeah i don't teach open guard almost ever i don't know about what's your opinion on this i rarely teach open guard you know why because in an mma fight open guard doesn't exist no one's playing delahiva no one's playing spider guard no one's playing like you can play foot on the hips Mm -hmm. right from the bottom that's pretty much it like you're not playing reverse delahiva delahiva spider lasso you're not playing any of that shit in an mma fight because if if you can put your feet on my hips you can stand up Right. Yeah. If I'm in your half guard, I'm on your guard. I, I can control your hips. I can stay on top of you. As soon as I back out of the guard, it gives you space to stand or turtle at the very least. Right. Like, well, let's be let's let's be fair about this. If I'm fighting Mike Tyson, if I'm fighting like 1985 Mike Tyson, if my feet are on his hips, I'm not standing up. Fuck that. <laughs> like, no, but yeah. Right. So, but I, I mean, from self defense, like get away. Get away, well, right? If like, the guy has no training, I should just be able to fuck him up from anywhere. Let's be honest. An untrained guy yeah, is I'm garbage. Not no training. I'm saying like general level, like average, you know what I mean? Like I should of, still be able to fuck those guys up anywhere. 
Yeah, but I mean, the, my, but my point was going from like the transition from being a jujitsu guy to an MMA guy, and like well, those. I, I those think those things aren't mutually exclusive, though. I think if you really think it like the real jujitsu, the real jujitsu, like, dude, you can't combine your striking with your grappling with efficiency unless you've un- explored the transitionary sequences, right? Like, you know, you train the Muay Thai guy who's done Muay Thai for a ton of years; they can relax. You know, palms forward, front tapping the front that's, leg. That's nonsense, though. They can, that's, they can chill not, there all day. That's not but then when you tell them to, like, sprawl and to combine their striking with the, or go for a takedown, the, 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 uh, the sort of cardiovascular difference from going from an anaerobic to an aerobic exercise tends to fuck up a lot of people. And that's even excluding the skill difference that you get. From well, like, the, the biggest problem with Muay Thai, when you talk about switching to MMA, is like their, their guard's too high. They've, they're giving up underhooks right away. They're giving up a free shot. They're, they're too static in their movement, et cetera, et cetera. It goes on and on. But you can the, take thi- down, you the can thing about the jiu-jitsu, the principles of real jiu-jitsu, like old school jiu-jitsu, when you're talking about like uh, real jiu-jitsu, you're talking about like distance management, right? And that can be used for or against you. Like when, I, when uh, Tiff fought Nicolini, we used jiu-jitsu concepts to beat Nicolini, actually. We, we understood distance management. Yeah. We understood framing. We understood, like, making short frames, making long frames, all that shit. And so by the time she actually was able to get deep enough in for a shot, he was like, I mean, like, how much have you failed before that? You know, like, how much trouble have you, have you had before you, you're able to get in that deep? It's, such a, it's, it's all jiu-jitsu concepts, though. It was not a, Muay Thai. It was not boxing. It was not like, oh, we have boxing on the feet, so we're winning. No, it's not. It was jiu-jitsu on the feet. It was jiu-jitsu concepts on the feet. Distance management, framing, all that stuff. Footwork, staying out of range, not walking into the dumb traps that people use. Like, oh, I'm going to throw a jab and then back away, and then you're going to follow me? No. We know what you're going to do. You're trying to draw me in yeah. so you can get the takedown. Like, it's all jiu-jitsu concepts, man. That's what makes it so interesting, right? Because it's such an amazing case study, and, and maybe we'll finish up on this point, but... Uh, it's such an amazing case study to think about somebody like, you know, I mean, if you look at the three most popular or well-known women in one, I mean, specifically, I would say that it's Angela Lee, it's Zhang Jingnan, and it's Tiffany, because it's based in Singapore, like, these are the kind of local guys, and they're the top three people in that division, like, you, you can make that argument, right? Tiffany's the only Singaporean, though. For, yeah, she's the only local, but you can make the argument that they're... Uh, uh, so they took the other two the champions. Right? They took the other two champions and they tried to make them as Singaporean as possible. I know, I know. I mean, that's a whole other, that's a whole other conversation. But yeah, it's interesting because uh, so Tiffany, well, what, what beat you, Michelle. Let's 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 segue right here. What do okay, you think sure. about that? Like the the whole idea that they're pushing Tiffany or sorry, they're pushing uh, Angela and Christian Lee, guys who are less Singaporean than us. I think it's I, crazy. It's crazy. I think it's but, crazy. I mean, I understand the marketing strategy. Like Angela's a good-looking girl. Christian's a good-looking guy. He's a great fighter. I'm not. I'm not knocking him as being no, a fighter. They're both beasts. No, they're they're, they're, all, they're both beasts. They're great fighters. They're, they're great fighters. Insanely good. But if you talk to most Singaporeans, they actually believe those people are Singaporean yeah, because their marketing is, machine is so strong. Yeah. Well, they're they're marketing to that general public, but the real Singaporeans and the real MMA people, they, well, they know the people, what's up. Well, you have to be both. You have to be like both Singaporean and. Uh, in the in the scene, and how much do they care about those guys? Like honestly, like that's one percent of your of your fan yeah. base. I think Tiffany deserves the mo- Tiffany and Amir Khan, and Benedict Kong, They deserve the most. Re- they're they're the highest rank. I mean, men Amir Khan number one, Singaporeans. He's he's number one. Ben hasn't fought as much. He he's good and all that kind of shit, but he he hasn't fought as much. And Tiffany is number one in terms of the global ranking system. She's number one. Amir like fights they, those hard fights in MMA. He's, he's fought Benedict, everybody. Ben, Benedict fights 
the hard fights everywhere. Well, Ben's training. It, Ben's doing multiple disciplines. Amir's doing only MMA. It's yeah, and it's it's all the glory, all the money, right? Yeah. Benedict's like, yeah, I'm gonna go to UB. I'm gonna go to some fucking garage and fight some guy who only trains Muay Thai, who might actually be better than me. But, but I'm still gonna fuck that guy up. But Amir's like, had four times the amount of fights. As, yeah, as but ben he's has. only had like the the high profile fights. Yeah. And to me, that's not brave. I'm, no, don't get me wrong. Like I think Amir's great. It is great. in some sense. Amir's no, more it, of a specialist. It's, Ben's it's, more of a. It's not as brave. It's not as brave because because if you okay, like if, look at the fuck guys. Amir's fought some great guys, man. Like and and kudos to him for that. But when you fight great guys, it's like if I lose to Epting, am I am I a bad fighter? No. People are gonna be like, dude, Epting's a fucking monster. Yeah. You're a great fighter, and you you lost a close fight to Epting. They didn't give Epting the fight, whatever, yeah. different thing. But, you know, like, to be able to hang in there with Epting and not get finished yeah. is still pretty fucking I mean, amazing, Epting, actually. I mean, Amir's fought everybody, dude. Like, he's one of the few evolved yeah. guys who's gone through the ringer. Yeah. Like, the real ringer. Like, dude, at this point, Amir doesn't get any, any easy fights. Like, I mean, you know, you can go back to the old school evolved days in, like, the late 20. You know, 17, 16, 18, 19, all that kind of shit. And then, you know, they'll get hard fights and then they'll get an easy fight. And they'll get a hard fight, then they'll get an easy fight. It kind of alternates. Dude, Amir Khan has gotten hard fights from the ve- from years really ago. ago. Not ben from the beginning. He had, he had a pretty no, easy the, start. Yeah, but he's 19. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah of, course, I mean? of course. Like, but no, and I, I'm not knocking him because I think Amir is amazing. Like when I yeah. see Amir, I'm like, it's like respect. Like fighter to fighter, I'm like, man. He, you've taken those hard yeah. fights, like, yeah, he, bro, you, you did it, you know? Like he you, didn't get any freebies. You know? Yeah. Well, he did early, but he was also yeah. a freebie, right? You know what I mean? I mean like, dude, when yeah, you're blue belt. Like, one starting, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, but, you know, I, I just, what I really appreciate nowadays is that the sort of evolved, evolved stigma that happened when I moved here isn't really around anymore. When I trained at Evolve, like, dude, it was, everything was closed door. Nope, there wasn't shit that you could do outside of that. It's like, now, you know, Chaudhry will say that Team Lekai is the number one team. And, you know, he said that he thought Ebting won that fight against Amir. And I feel like the, the game is changing a little bit. Chaudhry's getting a little bit more distance. The Evolve guys are getting a little bit more personal space. And, like, it's not so – it's not so much nepotism. It's not so much, like, you no, know, it's Evolve, a, one, no, fuck the world to everyone no, else. Like, to be fair, I, I really do feel like the Evolve guys are taking, like, fights on their level. Yeah, you know, but they didn't used to. Dude, you would look at no, of course that, not. Yeah, dude, you would look at like you know, fucking Sam A would fight a guy that's had like fifteen fights. Some following. It's yeah. like, dude, what? Are you, what? But you've had three hundred. fights. At the, what are we, but you look at the one roster right now. It's it's hard to avoid the hard fights. Dude, nowadays it's hard dude, to avoid the hard fights. Nowadays, right? those guys are monsters, dude. dude that shit's I, good. I honestly think that they they, they the Muay Thai yeah. kickboxing one, dude. Number one in the world right now. Number one in the world, for sure, yeah. Dude, Rotang, finally, for the first time since fucking Boakau, a tie is getting the respect they deserve. Like, everybody universally recognizes Rotang as the best in the world right now. Yeah. Like, now, finally. But, like, before, dude, the last... Sanchai, even even MMA. Sanchai's old now, and before that you had Boakau, but Boakau was even a stadium champion. Yeah. Now, like, you get real, the Thai guys. But Muay Thai was, uh, was never, like, a Muay Thai guy. He was more like a K1 guy, you know? But but who would you say in the MMA in the MMA? But he's a Lumpini champion, so you gotta there's give a, him that. Well, there's a lot of Lumpini champions. That doesn't really mean that much. Yeah, but dude, what? Like, no, white guys were like, oh, Lumpini champion. I wow, disagree, dude. If you're no. a tie and you're winning Lumpini championship, that that's a lot. I mean, no, a lot. there's there's like probably fifteen a year. 
Yeah, in each weight class. But that's the peak, bro. That's like the that's the tip no, but of the it, spear. it is the pinnacle, I guess. Yeah, for sure. But, for that style, for that but style, it doesn't really mean that much because like you have a lot of guys who go into Lubini. But okay, so for MMA, let's talk. Let's talk more about one because I think that like uh, people talk about their kickboxing because kickboxing is pretty much died off. You got Glory, you got all that shit over there. But for MMA, I, I honestly believe right now one's um, and I, I don't give a fuck about what one thinks or whatever. You know, I do what the fuck I want. So. I'm telling you honestly, I still I still believe that one has like a a really good roster, dude. 40, for the for the lighter weight, guys. forty five and fifty five. Are you kidding me? Fifty five and below. Yeah, I think that's insane. I think I think those guys would walk in and and they could make a big big waves in the. But then you get you get the odd fish in the heavier weights like Angla, right? You get like those guys that are. How like, good do you think Angla is? I think he's I, good. I think he's yeah. I think. But he's, could he I think fuck he with? Could he fuck with Israel? No, 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 of course no. not. He's right? not that level. He's not that level. But I think he's a mid-level UFC. He could win UFC fights. Right, and, top and, ten, top and, fifteen. And, and like they make they make him bigger than Martin, right? Yeah. But I think Martin holds a better chance of being able to beat Martin's most, top ten in the UFC. I think. Yeah, I think he's top five. I think he's I, top five. I think there's like maybe three to five fighters in one who are top ten to top five in the UFC. Eddie Alvarez. Martin. No, Eddie Alvarez is, is past his prime, bro. No, but I mean, you still have to kind of put him in there. Demetrius, same thing, like. DJ, of course, yeah. Yeah, but even Eddie can be top ten. He he could be the top. DJ is the, the six, best of all seven. time. Best fighter of all time, in my opinion. Who's that? DJ. Oh yeah, but I mean, even Eddie Alvarez. Dude, Eddie Alvarez could be Michael Johnson. He could be. The you top, think so? He could be the top ten. The fringe. I think, of the top I think 10. he's not hungry anymore, bro. Maybe, but I think the I record think, still kind of. I think what happens to a lot of these guys, and like, it's no knock on one, but I think what happens to a lot of these guys, they think they're going to come over to one. And it's gonna be like a semi-retirement plan. Yeah. And they're like, "Oh fuck, these motherfuckers aren't fucking Most around. The these guys are hungry." The Most like, of yeah. the time, that's the case. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. got Eddie Alvarez is probably like, oh, "I'm gonna go over there with these guys who don't know jujitsu, and I'll DJ just." DJ has some this, tough like, fights. Yeah. DJ has some tough fights. Like, dude, DJ like arguably lost that fight against that Japanese guy. I know. Yeah. Until he finished him. But yeah. It was yeah, it was competitive, and uh, that, I mean that's that's one of the good dude. I'm just, you know, I'm not like a fucking. I'm trying to be like a fanboy, but one is awesome. Like, even Evolve is awesome. One is awesome. All the shit. Singapore MMA is fucking awesome. Like, your gym, my gym. I just love the scene here. The scene of fucking Singapore martial arts. I'm just so grateful to be a part of it. It's fucking crazy, dude. Well, it's you, know, crazy. you know, the thing is, like, it's like, so good. Five years the ago. Scene here I, is so good. Yeah, it's like, good. Five years ago, I, I, would, I would make it different, but now I think, now, like, dude. Yeah, it's. Awesome, man. Dude, there's a black belt on every fucking corner. Like, yeah. there's so many fighters. Like, the shit is un- insane. Like, the level... Dude, I'm just... Th- this is my jam. It's my scene. Like, I'm just so yeah, pumped to be a part sure, of this man. whole thing. Like, because it's so good. Everything's so good. Like, they do UFC here. They do one, one Evolve, like, kickboxing, Muay Thai. They do everything. If it's one keeps awesome. growing at this rate, it will certainly surpass UFC. In terms of total numbers, yeah. I mean, I mean like, in terms of, like, talent... Cause like I look at I look at it's one in the UFC in ten years five years from it's one in the UFC Bellator it's like whatever because Asia I think one's already already better than Bellator me too me too honestly Uh, objectively because they don't have anybody from Asia they don't like bro if you're fighting in a number top three top four division you don't have ties you don't have Japanese fighters you don't have like you're fucked like even Malaysia dude Malaysia's getting some good. Fighters, they're getting some good fighters. Like, let's be honest here area. in Malaysia, they have really like one good gym. It's Monarchy. Yeah, 
It's but, monarchy. you know, yeah, over have, the years, you got Aguilon, you got Keanu, you got Gianni, you monarchy, got... Monarchy, monarchy, monarchy. Monarchy, yeah. yeah but they've, yeah. They, you know, they've gone across multiple gyms. Which is... Ev, uh, 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 let's not take They're quench guys. They're also quench guys. The place I used to work in Malaysia. Ev... Gianni, they bounced Gianni, around, but, but what Palito. they really are now is they're Bali MMA guys. And Bali MMA is what what, what made Panda dangerous. Like, Evolve Panda? Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. But I, I know those guys in... in uh, when you the thing about a small gym, Dude, Bali's Bali's they're one of those gyms like Phuket top team like they're yeah. one of those gyms in but, the region but smaller, where you're like, you have so to, you have to notice them the, the small like, the small gyms are dangerous yeah because the small gyms are like but they're I, small but they're also like really no no talented small, small gyms are dangerous and the, the reason why small gyms are dangerous is because it's like the big gyms it's like I'm here for a paycheck right at the small gyms it's like I'm here because lifestyle I, I here because I'm here because I love you. Yeah, you yeah. know, like if I'm your coach, I'm here because I love you. Like we're gonna we're gonna make this shit work. And the big gym's like we're the best in the world. Like let's just fucking say we're the best in the world. Like, yeah, yeah. That's, those so like Bali MMA was a danger. It's a dangerous gym to train because you have really talented guys over there. Yeah, dude. But when you get that kind of loyalty to a local gym, there's nothing. That 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 was one of the things about Trifecta and compared to my gym, right? Like I I used to work for them. We had four different instructors. We no more than that. We had at least two ties, three Brazilians plus me plus whatever. And, like, dude, within eight months, I could get the same level of uh, trust, commitment from my students that the whole team of people got across multiple instructors. Because, dude, if people walk in the door, they, they meet me right away. They're training within me, with me within 20 or 30 minutes. Like, right. they're sparring with me, they're rolling with me, they're doing whatever. So, like, you get so much more attention, affection, uh, appreciation, all that kind of stuff when you, ha- you run a program like you do or like I do where... Everybody that walks in the door is your student. And it's not like they're not his student, they're not his student. This person's from Brazil, this person's in Thailand. They have loyalty here. They have this person's sending money to their family here. This person is spending. All they care about is the bottom line, right? But when you open something like this, you own it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you're the instructor. You're one of the owners. There's a level of commitment and a level of uh, I wouldn't dedication. say that, though. I wouldn't say that because I've, I've met Thai instructors. And some might be few and far between and Brazilian instructors as well who, who really do kind of build – a community in the gym and uh oh you, you definitely get those yeah they're super dedicated man yeah like, dude the brazilians that i've met like 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 for example oh they're so committed like 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 that's what they want to do like he doesn't give a fuck Bruno about the money the bro way, like yeah. when i fought for uh, when i fought against bruno pucci like he was like dude come in like, i was like i was like lucky do you think i can take this fight do you think i can win this fight he's like you need to train every day and i was like all right and he's like we're gonna we're gonna train every day i'm like all right <laughs> and then that was like it was, that was our thing man we trained every day and like he didn't he didn't try to like tax me or like do any dumb shit like that. He was just like he was like, "Hey man, like I want you to win this fight." Yeah. Like you can he do it every you day. Can do it just every day though. Like every day. Like I made he made he found time for me. You know. Yeah, that that's true, man. That yeah. that. But that's what I mean. That's that's so. That's the most important thing. Like. Yeah. And we'll finish up on this because we, we gotta go pretty soon. I don't yeah. want to keep going here all night. But it's one of the most important things when you find a gym is like, you know, if you're a person that wants to train MMA, mm-hmm. I think it's really important that you find a coach who can train you across multiple disciplines. Mm. I, I really think that's, that's so important because it depends on what your goals are. But for me, when I was coming up and learning, I wanted the head coach. I wanted the, the one person who could, you know, like the Farasa hobby, some, the one person who could like be like, this is what you do. You're, you're good here in jiu-jitsu. You're good here in boxing. You're good here in Muay Thai. But like they could fill in the whole thing. And I hated splintering myself between multiple coaches because the Muay Thai guys want you to kick and the jiu-jitsu guys want you to will guard or play, play whatever and then the wrestlers want you to be on top and then there's and it's just like it's a competition for 
Yeah. But there's not a general... Multiple martial arts isn't yeah. mixed martial arts. But you need somebody who yeah. can look at the whole thing and be like, listen, I know what your skills are. You know, if you're, if you're a Brazilian and you're teaching a striker, you want them to use your shit, right? You want them yeah. to, like, learn the stuff that you're telling them. But I need, to, I need to have somebody who's like, listen, I know what your Muay Thai skills are. I know what your boxing skills are. I know what your Jiu-Jitsu skills are. And not only, like, are you better in this one area, so you should generally prefer that, but, like, who are you fighting? This guy's a this. And if he's this, you need to be a that. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, so now we need to create the game plan to mitigate that distance. So like, if his game plan is A, your game plan is B. We have to be able to circumvent all that shit. Yeah. Right. And like, a, a tie can't do that for jujitsu or wrestling, and Brazilian and vice versa. You know, to be fair, I, I really believe that Muay Thai got so popular because we've laminated striking as Muay Thai. We've laminated ground as jujitsu. I really believe that jujitsu is like real jiu-jitsu, like, like proper real jiu-jitsu. Well, I don't know about you, but I teach MMA striking. I don't teach boxing, really. I don't teach uh, Muay Thai. I teach MMA striking. I don't the like distance, boxing, yeah. The distance that I teach from is the MMA distance because yeah. I assume the takedowns and all that shit is part of the deal when yeah. you're striking. I don't compartmentalize it. I'm not like, okay, this is boxing class, so now we're touching shoulder to shoulder and we're rolling and hitting, throwing hooks. I'm like, no, 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 we're not that close because you can go for the takedown. So like... With my base level striking, I just assume that that's the, the distance is the standard MMA, the, the martial arts distance. Yeah. It's not boxing. It's not this. It's not that. It's like this is the I can get you or I can't get you, whether it's grabbing you or punching you or kicking you or taking you. Like this is the distance where I can grab a hold of you. So we will yeah. operate within that regardless of what the discipline is. It's know? always more like we're standing now. What can we do? Yeah. Right? Or we're grappling I can, now. I can what snap can you down do? for a guillotine just as fast as you can head kick me, right? So those are all things that we have to take into consideration. But do you even compartmentalize your training anymore? And, and let's finish up on this because for me, like the only distance I operate at is effectiveness. Yeah, yeah. It's like if, if you're boxing and it's we're not having a like conversation hit. about kicks, yeah. I don't want to talk to you. If we're, if we're having a jiu-jitsu conversation and wrestling's not in the conversation, we're delirious, right? It's yeah. like no matter what the situation is, it's like this is your distance. It's Regardless like, of whether you can kick, punch, knee, elbow, take down, yeah. grapple, throw, like. I always think, like, here we are, what can we do, right? And jiu-jitsu gives you a lot of good answers for a lot of that stuff, even if you're a striker. Would you consider yourself jiu-jitsu number one? Just curious. Jiu-jitsu number one? Well, okay, what's so... Your, what's your number, if you had to pick? So, okay, so to be completely fair, I do believe that jiu-jitsu is just a branding. It's a, it's a brand of martial arts that people consume, and it's one of the most popular brands right now. But... I would say that if I had to pick, like, like, like if I had to pick a religion, put on my card, my yeah, little IC, yeah, put, like we talked about earlier. You're, so you're white, you're Christian, and you're also... Yeah, I'd be like, all right, so <laughs> I'm jiu-jitsu then. Because no, no. jiu-jitsu... White com- is number one, dude. If, if you're you number about, one, you're white. If you talk about the singular styles, well, yeah. probably, maybe MMA, actually, but like if I, if I couldn't pick MMA because MMA is too... You like pick one. Yeah, if I had to pick one of the singular styles, jiu-jitsu has all the concepts there. Yeah. Like, they, they proved it. They proved yeah. it with the early UFCs. Yeah. It, it, it was proven. That's what yeah. made it so popular. I wrestled since I was a little kid. You know, I did boxing when I was in college, and I discovered jiu-jitsu, like, at the end of my college life. But I think that jiu-jitsu actually has the most concepts that are going to make you successful. Lar- on a large scale. On a large scale. Not, not spider guard. Yeah. Like, like real jiu-jitsu, you know? Past the guard, Toriano. Yeah, like, like spider guard's cool, and it's fun, and it's, it's a good way to get you thinking critically like oh what do i do if somebody does something to me that's never gonna happen in real life yeah like that's what spider guard is right or worm guard or whatever that shit is but at the end of the day it's more like that's training you to be a critical thinker that's why i said like for my for my kids i want them to learn 
when I have kids, I want them to learn jiu-jitsu because I want them to be good at critical thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like, the interesting thing about jiu-jitsu too is that there's a mental component too, but it's like a, you know, there, there's, there's like an intellectualization you can do with critical thinking where you're like, it's purely intellectual, it's purely uh, in the mind. Yeah. But then when you combine something that's physical like jiu-jitsu, you understand that like, how tired are you? There's a physical and a mental connection here. It's not one yeah. or the other. Like you yeah. can outsmart somebody, but not be able to go. If you're ti- if you get tired first, you're gonna break. So there's this like uh, combination of, of uh, the mental disciplines of like tricking your partner with with being uh, you know. Uh, fast-minded and sharp as attack, but then there's also the physical elements, like how long can you go? How explosive are you? And it's this combination between like with, what the physical body can handle with. The, uh, the combination of like how much mental duress are you under? How much stress are you under? Can you yeah. combine the the fatigue and the pain of being in like a long term battle with the sharpness and the cleverness of outsmarting your opponent? And it's like you know it's this back yeah. and forth. Yeah, the thing is, people want to learn wrestling techniques, but they want to learn it like jujitsu. And I think like uh, the, the big thing that makes wrestling effective is like the mindset. And yeah. really, the mindset of wrestling is favela jitsu. It's it's favela jiu-jitsu like it's, it's still it's just another part of jiu-jitsu it's just favela style you know like where I, I say like for example like I say like uh, stop beats go right if you say go and I say stop then I win but if you say go and I say stop and you say go 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 then you win yeah. right that's how wrestling wins yeah. right wrestling it's is not hustle, bro. It's yeah it's hustle. it's not it's not about like I have a, te- a technique that beats your technique or you have a technique that beats my technique it's it's more like no, fuck you. Yeah. I don't. I deny the, the fact that your your technique is superior to mine. I'm just gonna keep going, and that's that's how wrestling wins. Yeah, yeah. It's so much more hustle than like technical thing. Yeah, and I, I think that that's that's really not the the truth of jiu-jitsu. I think that's more like uh, modern marketing, where we're like yeah. technique technique. No, it's true. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Technique beats your athleticism. It's like yeah, if the guy doesn't know anything, but like when we're both good. Like, hustle matters, you know? Yeah. Like, you got to hustle, man. Like, and you ask any jiu-jitsu coach, any Brazilian guy, they'll tell you the same thing, man. If you're preparing for a competition, I'm like, you, you got to hustle. You yes, can't just man. be like, you can't just rely on your technique only. You got to fucking hustle. You got to fight for your positions, you know? Yeah. yeah. All right, man. Well, I see that we're at two hours plus. All right. We're two hours and ten minutes in this podcast already. So I think we should, we should wrap this up. Major, dude, I'll have you on anytime you want, man. I love being here, man. Dude, I thoroughly enjoy it. I'm so wasted. Like, I don't even know what I said for the last two hours. This is Free racist stuff, actually. Free racist (laughs) stuff. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, everybody, thank you for listening to this during the quarantine. Major and I are both out of work at the moment, so we appreciate you listening. Support your local gyms. Support Support your local gyms. Pay pay your membership if you can. If you can't, then we understand because everybody's tight right now. But if it's an option, then support your local gym. And, uh, Major, I appreciate you coming on. Wugong, I appreciate you. Drinking some whiskey this time. Pull that shit up, Wugong. Pull, pull that shit up, Wugong. All right, everybody. This is the Stronghold Podcast. I appreciate all of you guys listening. Until the next one, peace out. Peace out.